Are you getting yourself ready for our show? Jigs and Bigs. It's another Tuesday. We got a brand new show for you. A great one lined up. We have all kinds of good stuff. Some news coming out of MLF that uh, we're going to review today. Uh, some changes to the 2024-2025 season. Uh, a major shift in uh, in the way things have been over 2023. We'll get all the details. We got information about some live events that we have coming up. That's We're talking about the game dinner and the Columbus uh, Fishing Expo as well. Uh, this week in Just the Tip, we had a listener reach out and call us with a little bit of advice, looking for some insight on fall fishing. We'll tackle that. Uh, in FTG this week, Bobby, me, yeah, I take on pretty much the entire fly fishing world right there, or at least the guides. You'll understand why. In Gear of the Week this week, we're taking uh, a little bit of a detour. We're talking about uh, some tables and their impressive abilities. Yeah, you heard that right, tables. This week in the Beef Seat, guys, I got Fishing with Becca. We uh, talk about our last camping trip together, talk about some really, really cool stuff she's got lined up that are going to be upgrading her experience in the outdoors. All kinds of great stuff. She's got a big, big announcement coming on her channel that you're not going to want to miss. Plus, we play play a game of Overrated, Underrated, Overland Edition. It should be pretty interesting, guys. A whole week in review of my fishing, as well as uh, who the fuck is Joe Brown and Sean the Fisherman's Fishing. Guys, you don't want to miss it. we got so much good stuff lined up just for you this week. Go ahead, get yourself something to enjoy as we kick this show off right now. guys how we doing i hope everybody's having a fantastic week guys uh last week's show we had a blast with it and apparently you guys did too we got a bunch of listens over there uh some really good feedback as well how are you gentlemen this evening or this morning actually i'm good mr roast beef how are you today I'm feeling for it pretty good. I'm feeling like the hunter-gatherer a little bit um, after the the day that I just had yesterday. We'll talk all about that as we break some stuff down. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, great weekend. I'm uh, I'm 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 a slight digit short, uh, but other than that, that. <laughs> I was going to ask. Other than that. that, yeah, I took the tip of my finger off last night, but that, uh, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah, I got a I got a story for you. <laughs> I did the same thing one night, um, except I did so uh, cutting. Um, I was making, I think I was making like pasta sauce or something like that. And I had taken a package of, of uh, Italian sausage out of the freezer to defrost and it hadn't fully. And I went to go chop down on it and the knife kind of went sideways and yeah. did the same thing. I saw that picture on your Instagram and I was like, oh, I've, I, yeah. I've known that feeling. I've known yeah. that. Time. My roommate at so. the time brought me uh, th- to the ER, and uh, it was, this was in a blizzard, and he was tremendously high on cocaine. <laughs> so I think it was a different. I know you guys are like you got you roomed with Lockwood. Who knew? But you know, yeah. it was crazy. I, but- I, it, it's funny because Meg was right next to me when it happened, and she's like, and I, you know, I was uh, I was slicing um 
you know, it's just a mandolin slice. I was slicing uh, peppers mm-hmm. and I'm slicing, I'm slicing. And she's next to me and I just stop. And she goes, did you just do it? I think you just did. I go, I did. I go, I sure did. I go, okay. I grab paper towels and she go, is it bad? I go, it's definitely not good. <laughs> no, it bleeds so much. <laughs> and uh, I go, I go, okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I was like, it hurts real bad. Um, so it's definitely not good. So I just need you to grab the first aid kit, a glass of whiskey, and we'll take care of this real quick. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Oh, so you did it all on your own. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't. Uh, so it, the tip is just completely gone. Yeah, so she nothing to stitch. Yeah. Yeah. She found the tip in the, um, in the, in the mandolin slicer. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> she found the tip of my finger in the mandolin slicer. She goes, do you want to keep it for fingerprint purposes? I go, no, I do not. Um, so I, I haven't even like really seen it. I just was just like, I fix it. I covered it. And I was like, just, just wrap it. And she's like, okay. I was like, I don't even want to see how bad it is. Uh-uh. And uh, yeah. So that was my evening last night. That was wonderful. When, when, when you said wrap it, did she look you right in the eye and go, my name is Meg and I'm here to say, <laughs> cause I would have, <laughs> So she's she's like, I can't. So it's funny. She goes like, I always just cut all that shit. You know, I love to cook. Um, Yep. I always just cut the stuff, you know, with my knife. I got nice knives that I do that shit with. And she goes, oh, we well, we have this. Just use this. It's easier. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get you one of those safety choppers that they've been using. You've seen them all over TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, where you yeah, put the the, yeah. the food on top and you, you you close the hinge and then you just slam it and you're like, oh, it's cut. <laughs> I don't have to worry yeah, so, about anything. So that's exactly what this thing is, except when you do the mandolin, you like kind of flip it and you just slide oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, different insert. Fucker. Yeah, that's shitty. That's yep. so Joe, when you're when you're cutting, did you ever work food service? No. At all? No. Okay. So let me give you a, a tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Sean and I'm here to say Joe cuts his vegetables in a stupid way. All right. So when you're cutting, if you're if your knife here, I'm gonna use I got a little fucking hammer right here. Just don't ask why I have a hammer on the desk. This is your knife, right? See this, Joe? Yep. All right. When you hold it, you always keep the fucking you always keep a finger on top of the blade. All right. That's fine. But the big thing is your left hand, you knuckle up. I don't I, yeah, put your I fucking do. fingertips out. You knuckle up. So the right. knives I'm good with. I do do the knuckles for the yeah, knives. This was to, a right. mandolin. This is this was the first time doing this. Because you, get, you just, get so close and you're like, I can get one more slice. I can get uh, one I, more slice. I, and you're I like, not, oh. you got I one more not. motherfucking slice, baby. Yeah, I sure did. Oh. Put a little protein in those veggies. So <laughs> that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, it was it hurt. Well, I saw that. So many memories. So many memories. I'm just like, that sucks. It bleeds like a bitch. Yeah. I remember taking just like super glue as like, you know, with uh, instant bandage, which hurts like a motherfucker. Yep. Everybody says to go ahead and use super glue. Buckle up. Throw a piece of two by four in your mouth before you do this. So you don't yeah. bite your tongue off. Yeah, I've, it's, I've done the super glue. It sucks. It but sucks. it works. Oh, it works like a charm. Yep. Unless you're playing drums. 
because I had a show to play the next night with with my band, and we were uh, this is a big night. Like we were playing, and we're we're an opening act for a pretty big band, and it was a full room. It was snowing on a Saturday night, and this is like a Sunday all ages show, and we're like, yeah, nobody's going out on Saturday. This is like this is crazy. But by tomorrow, all this is going to be clear, and the bars are going to be packed, and they were. Well, we got through our like 45 minute long set and I just had like a stream of blood that went across my freaking snare drum head and onto the shells of my rack toms. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, it, it hurt. Like I've gotten stitches a million times and uh, man, did that fucking hurt. That hurt way more than so any, many nerve any of the others. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like being circumcised. Let me let me go ahead and fucking Ooh. top both of you motherfuckers. Bobby, you're drumming bleeding. That's awful. Joe. You cut your finger off. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Joe, did you have the opportunity to ever fucking serve in Mississippi? Uh, yes. You did. Okay. Did yep. you have to do any running down there? Fuck yeah, that. it's hot as shit. Okay. So do you remember? I think I, I went in before you. Do you remember the awful physical training gear that we had in the late 90s, early 2000s that were the grays? Yeah, just the grays. Yeah, I had those with the new oh. balances. Oh, they were awful. Yeah, right. So that <laughs> those shirts... Yeah, I, I ran. I had to run in those Mississippi. Every I remember afternoon. you telling me about this. And there was one day where I, just, your I was tape. sweat. I was sweating. Yep. I well, no, I had to after that, but I was sweating and I looked down and I had two streams of blood from my nipples all the way down, just all the way down. Yeah. I had rubbed my nipples raw because of the humidity and the salt coming off my body and everything. And I went raw, to a, bitch. I went to a training instructor. I said, dude, can I stop? And he goes, why? And I, I pointed at my shirt with two, a gray shirt with two streaks of blood going all the way down. He goes, <laughs> keep running. I'm like, you motherfucker. So I had to run like this for the next 35 minutes. I mean, it, 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 it was awful. And, and from then on, I had to fucking, I had to do the, the old uh, Andy Bernard from the office thing and tape my nipples when I ran because I learned real quick, yeah. you will bleed. You will bleed bad. Is the fabric from that shirt just that rough? Is it like sandpaper? Oh, yeah. It was shit. It was the toilet paper was fucking better. (laughs) Yeah, that's terrible. You ever heard about military toilet paper? I've heard it's not angel soft, that it's more like (laughs) devil claw. It's some John. It's John Wayne fucking toilet paper. You ever heard that term? Fucking burlap. (laughs) No, it's rough. It's rough and tough and don't take shit from nobody. (laughs) Fair enough. I can I can agree with that. All right. That's good. That's good. Oh, so I had one hell of a week, guys. Um, do you guys want to jump in and, and and cover your weeks first? Dude, mine was lame. You want me to start? Mine too. I yeah, go for it. I'll start. Mine was lamer than yours, Joe. I went fishing for forty five minutes one day, and uh, got smacked in the face with a nor'easter. Got two northern pike before it before it, the wall of water hit me from the northeast, and then I called it a day and went and got a pizza. That was all my fishing this week. Uh, looks like this week's going to be a little better. I may mm-hmm. get out up to four times. Uh, we are going to see on that because I'm waiting on two soccer games to be scheduled. Oh, So that's going to affect my shit. Um, other than that, I had a uh, uh, concert, a bit of a makeup concert. Yeah. I caught a, a famous fisherman, uh, Les Claypool, whose jam band group is, uh, is, is comprised of himself. And... Um, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd's kid. His name is Harry and uh, kid. He's fucking our age. Yeah. And uh, Sean Lennon, son of second son of John Lennon. Amazing. So, yep. Uh, they they went out and did their jam band thing. Honestly, like I'm not a big, I'm not super into the jam scene. I like one or two bands. Yeah. And I try to 
not go to those concerts because as I announced to my friend and my brother-in-law as we were leaving the place, that was probably my last jam band show. I fucking had it with the hippies. The patchouli just, stank. No, just motherfuckers that have to stand up and dance. Like I thought one of them was going to get throttled. So there's this dude, my height wearing a kilt and wearing a red shirt, green kilt, red shirt. He had short hair, but four dreads, just four single dreads that came out of his head that went down to his ass. And he looked and smelled like he lived in the puddle under a dumpster. Yeah. Like this guy was gross. So with this being uh, the, 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 the tour had a, um, a second set comprised of the entire Pink Floyd animals album, which was awesome. And the reason I went and anything else they played, I knew was bonus. This, this was a mixed crowd. It wasn't all hippies. There was an older drunker crew there mm -hmm. at this show. And this guy that just kept standing up and dancing with his four dreads, I thought he was going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. Cause there was a dude that came in behind me. Didn't want to hear I was it. Laugh well, this was even better. We've all seen the, the reels yeah. where someone is putting together a Lego set and they put the last piece in and there's a guy going, yes, yes, yes. And then you look at the instructions and it's something completely different. And he goes, no, you've seen those. Yep. Oh yeah. This guy sat down behind me, large gentleman, obviously spent a lot of time in the gym and probably in the bathroom with a, with a key. Yep. If we, uh, yeah. we know where I'm going with that, I swear to God, every time there was a rhythm change during animals, yes, yes, fuck yes. He said this all night. And you know what? I didn't say a word to him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. In, in between his yeses, he was threatening the hippie who was standing up and making entire rows of people stand up behind him just so he could see. And the guy's like, you need to sit the fuck down. We're, oh, you're dancing. That's cute. We're all trying to watch. Yeah, exactly. This wasn't, yeah. So that that's the way that went. So I, I'm done with huh. jam band shows because hippies going to dance and they just don't give a fuck. Like, you know, and we call ourselves it, hippies. Bitch. Yeah, I know. We're hippies well, we're, of a different stripe. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. was, uh, these, these guys were way over the top. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, it was a good show. Nice. I did know one other song. They busted out an old sausage song. You remember sausage? Oh my God. Nobody ever talks they, about sausage. Well, let's well, actually, bang down I talk sausage. about sausage at length regularly, but yeah. Yep. No, it was a uh, classic. Good show. And then uh, we had a little family gathering this, uh, well, actually last night uh, to celebrate both my wives and my wife, my wives. Like I live in Utah never, somewhere else. Yeah. yeah Utah, <laughs> Middle East. Um, my wife and I's birthdays, which are about a month apart. And we jammed out a double birthday this year. So it's all good. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's how lame my week was. Two Northern Pike and a bunch of bullshit not related to fishing. The end. That's how it works. Joe, how was your week? Boring. No fishing. Oh. Uh, just kind of taking it easy. Um, you know, I did a lot of uh, getting shit out. So the boat, uh, I, I know we talked about it. the boat's got to go down for some some TLC after, after Hartwell. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was going to do it today. Probably not going to make it today because it's like a two-hour ride. So it's... Uh, when I get down there, I get down there. It's all it's a warranty work, so I can I could still get O charge the batteries for when I go out. But uh yeah, yeah I uh man, I, I really didn't do anything this week. It was it was all like just shit around the house. Um wife and I did get out to have a few drinks, um, just because we both kind of needed it this past weekend. I hear you. Um but yeah, I didn't do I, I just between like just unloading the boat so people aren't going rifling through my shit when it goes for maintenance. Um Oh yeah. 
<laughs> which is a way, such a pain in the ass unloading the boat and then loading it back up. But I just, I just don't trust anybody. But uh, yeah, that that's that's it, man. I wish I had more for my week. Uh, you know, we already talked the finger stuff, and that that's pretty much it, man. The finger Boring. stuff. I did. Uh, I I did. What was it? Was it Saturday? You guys. You posted that picture of you guys out for drinks or was it, oh, maybe it was Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yep. Saturday. Yep. I, you know, I'll tell you what, this, this week I have had more beer from local brewery Vanished Valley than I've had my entire life. And I'm not mad about it. Um, I had, uh, I, uh, Saturday, I actually, I worked a, a corporate event that was over there and I had a lot of downtime at this corporate event just because of the way it was planned and laid out and everything. And I figured I was like, I'm gonna have a beer. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm at a brewery. Why not? So they have um, a, a very low IBV uh, or ABV um, IPA that uh, is called Down River. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm organizing a river float right now. I said I should have one of these. It's absolutely fantastic. And I like the the lower alcohol content because typically that that equates to lower calories as well. So if you're going to indulge on numbers of these craft beers, like I, I pay attention to these kinds of things. And then I went, uh, what was it? On the way home yesterday, I stopped off at the package store and I saw they had a bunch of Vanish Valley too. And there was one that I tried. It was called like something like Dream Chaser or something like that. I'll have to, I'll have to grab the can and maybe in between breaks, check it out. It was another, it was, this was a New England IPA out of this goddamn world. Like fantastic, super juicy. Had uh, shared the the four pack with my wife last night. We had ourselves uh, quite quite the time. But let's review my week as far as fishing, how all that went. Because I I did some significant fishing, got out there and, uh, and 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 put a hurting on them. Now, last week, you guys remember, we did record uh, on Monday uh, later in the morning, actually. And it worked out really, really nicely. I was not able to get out at all that day. But Tuesday, I had been planning um, a big send up to a multi-species, a veritable golden corral, if you will, of multi-species up to Shears. And, you know, Sean and I have talked about this in the past, how, like, if you're going to make the investment to go to a body of water, you want to be able to sink a decent amount of time in there. And I was lucky that it happened to work out this way uh, where I was able to do that, just sink a ton of time in. So I'd gone out and uh, I had launched my boat and there was a couple of guys who were out who uh, were launching their uh, their boat. You know, I was launching my kayak. They were launching their boat. They were going to do some trolling. And... Um, our paths had crossed multiple times. So I had started working this one bank and uh, was throwing around the beef rig, just looking to get caught and looking to get bit. And I ended up um, making a, a judgment call after not getting bit at all and then moving a little bit further out deep and then changing the direction I was fishing to go in a whole other separate area, go hit up where there were some some docks. There were still a couple of docks that were still out that way, but I wanted to make sure to go hit them. And on my way, actually, up right up by the ramp, I laid into a rainbow trout, was able to upgrade my rainbow to a 16-inch rainbow. I had input on the Friday previous. I'd put a 12-inch into the um, into the, the fish, the, the scavenger hunt. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to upgrade it, you know, get that little boost in, in overall inches, you know, for the sake of breaking a tie if I need to, you know? So I pop this fish in here and this is off the beef rig and things are good. And then, you know, I fish a little bit further up the bank and, um, I'm probably in about like 16 feet of water or ish, something like that. 
Um, and we didn't have too, too terrible wind that day. Like it was, I got out there and I actually tied on a popper cause it looked so slick calm. So it was really, really nice to be able to kind of like, you know, sit and post up in an area and then really kind of fan cast the beef rig and get out there. I, I hooked into another, uh, trout that was just a, a click or two shy of that 16 inch mark, um, released that one, but that fish destroyed the beef rig. The wire attachment that uh, the blade that was just absolutely just completely fucked the thing up all in the net because it was just thrashing around. So I had to modify the beef ring a little bit and it was killing it. It was great. Um, went and, and continued to uh, fish all the way down. I set a, a time marker to where I'd have to start making my way back. And uh, I hit that time. The wind here started to pick up a little bit. And I figured I was going to fish back and then fish more shallow. Some of the stuff that I had overlooked that was shallow, I was just going to go back and fish shallow. So I go over there, boom, hook into a rock bass. Great. There's a point. So again, that ride all the way out there now has some value because now I'm up another point. I would have been content with that. Now, one of the things that I had noticed was I had a lot of follows on the beef rig um, by a lot of really small yellow perch. You guys might remember us saying that, you know, yellow perch are an amazing forage, uh, especially this time of year. And they're in that like three and four inch size. And I was like, all right, so I mean, even if I hook one of these perch and I need a perch, they're all too small. Nothing's ever going to happen. Well, as, as luck would surely have laid out for me. So <laughs> I had that. This is, this is stupid. I shouldn't even mess around the drums like that. As luck would have it, I happened to uh, hook uh, a fish that was like pretty much right under my boat. Like I was just, just basically bringing my bait in to go and recast and I get bit like significantly. And this, this fish starts pulling drag, so I tighten things up, and I'm, you know, get them up to, into, into the net, and there's my yellow perch. I got a 12-inch yellow perch. Freaking stoked. The level of stoked doesn't even begin to, you know, I, when I first got this fish in the net, I thought this was a pinfish. I wasn't sure what the, the numbers were necessarily. I'm like, let's get some pictures, get this fish back in the water. And then I want to take a second and, and look. I was two inches shy from a pin. It's 14 inches for a yellow perch. But what an absolute huge yellow perch. Enormous. Um, so that was amazing. That's two points right there. Two very much needed points. And at the time, it put me in third place, which is pretty impressive. I was feeling really good about that. I've been having a great month this month. Like just I've been enjoying myself. And now I'm, you know, I'm up in third place. I've since been kicked down a position. So anyway, that was Tuesday. Tuesday was what it was um, on, what was it? Thursday, I went out and I was doing some fishing with an old friend of mine. Like when I say old friend of mine, I mean, I'm talking like middle school is when we first met and got super close. Um, my buddy, Jeff. Uh, I bumped into him at an event that I had done the weekend prior, and we were talking. He told me he was, he's listening to the show. I bumped into him at the Sportsman Show last last February, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been listening to the show. I freaking love it, man." You know, he's like, "How?" You know, we're just talking fishing and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, "Well, let's make a plan to go out." And I said, "What works good for you typically during the week?" And he was like, "Just let me know." I said, "Okay, cool." I said, "I got some flexibility." So we went out on Thursday. Local body wa body of water to me had gone out. We, I think we we're out for like three, three and a half hours or something like that. 
Um, I was expecting a little bit of wind. It was much more calm than I had had initially expected. Started with some cloud cover, which was good. But as the day kind of wore on, those clouds kind of burned off and we had more direct sunlight. Um, Jeff was, uh, fishing, uh, this, uh, like a, a finesse worm setup and hooked into two largemouth. got a bite, not too far from the, from the ramp hooked into two other largemouth, And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and we'll play around. We'll see what we can come up with. And I was also, you know, keep in mind, I'm looking at what are the species that are around, in this body of water where I'm at. Well, primarily, you know, there are various trout that are in there and I've caught brown trout in there specifically. So I'm looking for a brown. Um, I also know that there are bowfin uh, and what else? You know, I mean, if hey, if I could could upgrade uh, a largemouth, then awesome. Fantastic. Um, those are the primary primary ones that I was looking for. So I was throwing around a green pumpkin Senko. And uh, my my hope was that, you know, I've got a lot of things to cover. I hook into a small largemouth. I actually had um, had uh, hooked into this one bait and then turned back around to come out of this one little cove. And as uh, we start rounding out to this one point, um, I just decided I was just going to take a shot and see what I can come up with for trout. And uh, I hooked into a couple of absolute buttes, like absolute buttes, little inline spinner, a little rooster tail. And uh, release these fish. I probably should have kept them. Actually, Sean and I had a conversation about this. And he was like, dude, you're catching all these like rainbows that are like perfect eating size. Like, why, why not keep them? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should make a plan and do something about that. We'll talk about that for Sunday. So it's pretty good. Uh, you know, one nibbler, one nibbler uh, largemouth and, uh, and two rainbows in that 16-inch kind of window. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. So we decide, you know, he, he was getting ready to go and uh, sit in a tree stand for a little while that afternoon. And I was like, I got some work I got to do at home. So we'll call it a day. Hit the road. Boom. Here we are. We're going to actually be making plans to do uh, a bunch of other trips, all kinds of stuff. Actually, we're talking about doing some stuff up in Maine as well. That could be a whole lot of fun. So, Jeff, very good time, man. We're going to be doing this again. Uh, then that brings us to Friday and Saturday. I did not fish. I, I considered going out on Friday. But looking at the weather, it actually seemed like, as far as the rain was concerned, it seemed like Sunday was the, the way to go. And I think it actually worked out that way. So Friday, I uh, did a bunch of stuff around the house, you know, just my regular routine, did trivia that evening. Um, and then went on Saturday, I had that event, that corporate event that I had done at, uh, at the brewery. A lot of fun, uh, wrap that show up, but I finally got to put, while I was there, I was able to kind of put like, get a good look at the weather, uh, forecast for Sunday, figure out good opportunity to go. And, uh, I had, I was actually talking with, uh, Paul and then, uh, Eric, uh, both of these folks have, have been on the show in the past, uh, about setting some stuff up, ended up turning out that, that Sunday morning, it wasn't going to work for either one of them. So I said, I got to do this. I got to put myself back in this river. I went back to the swift river, uh, specifically with uh, Brookies and Browns on the agenda. And I was my plan was to drop the boat in the water for about 9 or 10 a.m. and then basically just fish all the way downriver until I couldn't go any further and then come back up and fish it both all the way down, then all the way back up. Um, I did pretty much all of it. It, it. The wind yesterday was crazy, and it started to get a little bit cold out there. This was the first trip also that I had put my, my big-ass hip waders on. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, walking in the water to drop my landing gear or anything like that. And, and it was, it was much appreciated, very comfortable until about like about one o'clock. Then it started to get really chilly. 
And it was basically just air temp, you know? So I make my way uh, downriver and I was fishing uh, another rooster tail. Now we had some pretty good cloud cover and I always forget the recommendation for the color of blades. Um, you do silver with clouds or if you do gold with clouds or one with sun or whatever. So I was just, I had initially started out throwing a, a brown trout pattern with a gold blade and, uh, no bites, nothing. So I had changed things up. I had tried throwing the beef rig for a little while. Then I cut the beef rig uh, off of that rod, and I set up uh, a trout magnet with a float. And my thought was I was just going to let that sit alongside me as I actively fish with another moving presentation. That didn't get touched the entire time I was out there. Did not get touched. Um, upon you know making my way down river i encountered this week's ftg which you're going to hear later um i even recorded a little bit of video but actually the rest of that video that I, pieces that i put together i really kind of dropped the ball on like recording any kind of other action so it's probably never not going to be something I, I put out but i'll explain it all in the ftg um i get down to this one area where the river gets really wide and kind of branches out and i i, I guess they call that the swift river <coughs> reservoir and there's a whole lot more area there. And what's nice is that even though you've got this congestion of all these boats in the main river, they all kind of go their own way and disappear. So it's, it buys you a whole lot more room. This was the point at which I started catching fish. So I'm I'm getting down to this uh, area where it starts to open up and I have to make a decision. Do I just kind of follow this, you know, straight and like to the left a little bit or do I go into the reservoir? And I decided to follow where I hadn't before. And I followed straight along with the river. And that's where I hooked into my first rainbow. So I'm throwing around a uh, rooster tail that's black and silver with a, a silver blade. And again, clouds. I'm like, we'll try this. We'll see what happens. Just a click under 18 inches, this first rainbow. Just a click under. Big fish. Big, big fish. Now, before I left my house, I was smart, and I grabbed one of these freezer bags from Aldi. And uh, I grabbed this fish. I do my measurement, everything, everything. I'm like, this is an absolute tank. This is a big-ass fish. Take that, uh, cut the gills, brought a knife out with me too, cut the gills, bled it out in the net for a little while, and then uh, popped it back into that bag and uh, made it along my way. So I'm going along, going along, and I see a sight that I never thought I would see. In fact, come to find out, it's very rare that you would see this. I saw another angler in a fishing kayak. That wasn't the weird. I was surprised to see somebody else in a fishing kayak, uh, a large platform fishing kayak as well. And I look over it, and it's, uh, it's a dude fishing on a Hobie Pro Angler. And at first I was like, God, that seems like it's fucking huge. You know, now I have a 13 and a half foot kayak. Pro Angler 14 is a little bit longer than that, but I'm like, God, that seems enormous. Dude, this was a Pro Angler 17. I I saw it on the graphics and I'm like, am I fucking reading that right? So I'm I'm near near earshot to the guy and like he's he's uh, I had just released my fish. He had uh as uh, you know, I I kind of pulled off to the side to kind of like bleed this fish out and then, you know, do all the management and everything. Then I get back off. Well, in that process, he had kind of gone in front of me and was was catching fish further down. I'm like, all right, this is kind of nice because now I can see where he's picking them up and see what I can come across. Well, shortly after he hooks into one, I hook into a second. 
And I'm like, beautiful. This is great. Well, this one was just a click under, uh, just a click over 17. And I'm like, again, a big, big ass rainbow. Same thing. I was like, so I'm going to harvest this fish. These will be the two that I keep because they're huge. I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to keep any more. And this way, I'm like, we're good to go. So I continue, you know, making my way. I stop and I have a conversation with this guy. Turns out this Hobie Pro Angler 17 is no longer available. They don't make it anymore. But like, have you guys ever seen on on some of these? And I, I guess maybe it's a little bit more common in saltwater fishing where they'll have like a standing platform on the front of the boat. No, or, or it's, on the rear of the boat. it's not just it's not just saltwater. People yeah, yeah, are starting I, I to do that. I didn't say just saltwater, but I see oh, it a yeah. lot in saltwater. No, I've honestly, I've honestly seen it in freshwater, not okay. salt. Cool. Yeah. Um. That's a that's a tandem kayak, and a lot of the uh, heavy modification bass anglers for kayaks are taking tandem kayaks. Yeah. Because they have more deck room and doing all sorts of modifications. So we've seen he's got standing a, decks. He's yeah, got ahead. a standing deck behind his chair, like or behind his seat. So he had his seat set up with a a, a good size. I mean, I would say this is probably a fifty or sixty quart yeti cooler behind him yep. and then a, behind that like a like a legit standing platform which i guess kind of makes sense because when you have the weight of a 17 foot hull in front of you standing on the back of it's only going to do so much you know yep. but i i was like fuck that is that is insane so i talked to him for a little bit um you know he was doing the same thing basically just like catching you know his limit for the day and like that that was his deal um as as it would would play out i would actually see him again in the parking lot as he was setting up uh, and getting uh taking his his rig on the road but so i went a little bit further down river without a bite um stuck to this this presentation the entire time but again i had that that floating rig behind me the the entire trip so i get down to this one area and i'm like all right i'm starting to get cold now i'm like i'm not sure how much further down i have left to go I am going to, because I did kind of spend a little bit of time dicking around in this reservoir, like really covering it really well and, and sort of like getting this spinner in, in every area that I could get it. So I turn around and make my way back up. But again, I'm fishing on my way back up and I caught the world's smallest pickerel on my way back up on this little, uh, little, little inline spinner, uh, release this sucker. Went without a bite until we got up to the very end and uh, picked my boat up out of the water, got everything loaded up, cleaned my fish while I was there. Um, I was actually planning on on just cooking them right in the parking lot and then just having lunch right there. But I'm like, you know what? It's so late in the afternoon. I'm going to go ahead and just clean these suckers, get them ready for the freezer, and then I'll put them, you know, handle them when I get home, get everything all set, and then we'll be good. And I'll use them this week. So that's, that's what my plan is today. Actually, today I'm probably going to have one of them with some potatoes. So it should be pretty good. But yeah, that was pretty much my week. Like I managed to pick up two points and then upgrade a bunch of fish. But, you know, I'm still in fourth place now as of like earlier this morning when I went through. And oh, actually, Sean, I went through and I judged the rest of the fish. That were yep, I saw that. Thank yeah, you. So they're all set. Um, yeah, I got to tell you guys so far, I'll tell you, there is there is only one angler. No, there were two in there where I had to add inches to them because they're confusing the markings on the top of their board with the center line. You. Yeah, it's just one of those things that takes a little bit of getting used to. And I made notes in each one. And I was just like, yeah, don't 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 uh, screw yourself by a half inch or a quarter inch here. I go, you know, this is, you know, pay attention to the center line. So they got it. They got it all worked out. But yeah, that was my week in a nutshell. Um, I can't complain uh, at all. It was it was a good one. 
Um, definitely had a blast going out fishing with Jeff. This being the the last full week of the month, we have, you know, I mean, what, the 31st is Tuesday? Yeah, Halloween is Tuesday. This being the last full week of the month, I mean, you know, I'm going to go out as often as I can, but who knows what's going to play out, you know? I mean, I've got, for strategy, who who, who the hell freaking knows? Kind of play. What do you, uh, what do you got left to catch? Brown. Brookie, uh, catfish, carp, bowfin. Uh, that's that's the big oh crappie. Yeah, crappie seem to have vanished around here. Crappie, <laughs> around these parts. That's what I'm saying. Like I've never ever been an angler that's caught them with any real regularity at all. I mean, I know that they're in so many different bodies of water, but lots of times I've found it's just like filtering through all these other bites. You know, and like kind of putting them all, putting them, you know, just kind of like going through like the barrel until you get what you're looking yeah. for. So, I don't know. I might, I might have to go up to that spot in uh, Springfield and and fuck around there, perhaps. Fuck around and find out. It's the only way you're well, ever gonna fucking learn. Since we're talking about the tournament, I might as yeah. well go through the standings Let's real do that. quick. Yep. Um. So top ten, Nathan Grant and Nelson are tied with five points each. Steve Galloway and Chris Mellowship tied with six points each. Dave Barabani and myself tied with seven points each. And then we get to fourth place by himself, Bobby Rose Beef. There's a tie for second, uh, second and third, but with the tiebreaker, mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, Tim Behan in third with 10 points and John Hagens in second with 10 points based on uh, John has 148 inches, Tim has 126, both with change. Yep. And by himself, sitting up on top of the mountain still, Jerry Multi-House, 11 points. Nice job, guys. So we nuts, got another, another week, like Bobby just said, get out there, catch some fish. Yep. Uh, I'm going to try this week and see what happens. I know one day I'm devoting just a bass, so we're going to see yeah. how that goes. Um, that should be fun. I'm actually going to visit a lake I haven't been to in years, and I'm really excited about it. So yeah, but um, yeah, that's that. Oh yeah, that's that. So get out there, catch some fish. It's getting colder, folks. Uh, turnover looks like it's already happened, and uh, in in some of our areas, and it's in the process, as Joe said, of happening down south, or I say down south. What is what Further is that? South. Middle of the country. Yeah, yeah, mid Atlantic. Yeah. Yep. So that's all I got. Good shit. Um, yeah. We are going to be talking about this MLF announcement that had come out last week regarding the future of MLF, some of the changes that are going on. But before we do, I want to kind of touch base on a couple of live events that we've got going on. Uh, first off, you know, we mentioned this before the game dinner. Um, tickets will be uh, I, I'm hoping actually that by the end of next week, I will have links out for our jig heads. And uh, for, you know, the basically essentially like the jig heads, that's the first wave for ticket sales in order to be able to get in and and lock in your spot. Um, we are each week. It seems like we have more and more people who are just either chiming in for uh, being involved as virtual vendors, which, by the way, I should say, guys, the virtual vendor stuff. You're going to want to come out and check this out because you're going to get access to some really, really great deals for some really great companies. But you can also win prizes from all of these amazing companies as well. So we're going to start really pushing. Pushing and promoting and all this stuff for, you know, what we've got for prizes that are available. I'm going to hold out on uh, 
uh, announcing the, the 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 prizes and the, and the sponsors until we one either determine are we collecting a name and they're handling shipping of the of the the prize out to the winner or are they actually sending it to us and I want to make sure we have it in hand before I I say anything so we'll get all that stuff together for you but that's coming up that is on January the thirteenth of 2024 it's going to be an amazing time a whole lot of fun and we're just going to have ourselves a blast let's fast forward though a month from there joe and myself will be at the uh fishing expo in columbus ohio yeah and we're doing a live recording on uh, the saturday uh of that weekend this is the weekend of the 12th we are of February 12th. We are doing a live show recording at Old Fields Bar. Um, Old Fields is like, it's a very popular college bar. Um, really, really good vibe. Actually has a lot of the same kind of vibe as the place where uh, I had done, where we had done the 100th episode at Nathan Bills. Kind of gave, gave me those sort of like, that impression. And uh, it seems like they got a really, really great staff, fantastic menu, a whole lot of fun. But again, we're going to have virtual vendors there with prizes that you can win. Tickets will be available available for that. But the reason why I bring up the Columbus show is we had a, uh, a listener of the show, one and only, you guys are familiar with, Adam Blamecki, right? Shot me a message uh, inquiring if he could play Passenger Princess. He asked, he was like, are you uh, driving out or flying out to uh, Columbus? And I said, oh, I'm driving out because I have a shit ton of gear that I have to bring uh, one for the uh, expo floor and then a, a, a totally different set for the live show. So Bobby's going to be busy. He's got a lot of stuff. So he has to drive. He says, hey, would it be OK if I uh, were to play Passenger Princess and, uh, you know, be go and, and, and tag along? I said, absolutely, it would. 100%. So I'm going to have company on the road. So that'll be fun. And which actually will be much safer, too, <laughs> for that long of a drive. I'm, I very much prefer to have a passenger. Uh, but this is going to be good. And uh, there was talk of exchanging jigglers and other sleeping uh, tobacco uh, along the way. Um, so it should be it should be a blast. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not sure if he's staying at the Dark Horse Hacienda or not. I should check. I should check with Zach and see if he's staying there or not or, or, or what the scoop is. This should be interesting. But yeah, that was my my week. Now, this came across my desk. And it was a little announcement from uh, MLF. And they basically announced a strategic plan for next year's Bass Pro Tour and years coming. So I'm going to go through, basically, I'm going to read this press release as it came out and just kind of leave it at that. So Major League Fishing, the world's largest tournament fishing organization, had announced that long-term plans for the Bass Pro Tour, including an investment in increased live streaming of MLF competition, a return to the Every Fish Counts scoring format, and an exclusive roster of 50 anglers for the Bass Pro Tour in 2025 in order to increase visibility and showcase their top performers. 2025, or the 2025 Bass Pro Tour field will feature an all-star roster of 50 anglers comprised of the top 35 pros from the 2024 Bass Pro Tour Lifetime Angler of the Year standings, the top 10 anglers from the 2024 Bass Pro Tour Single Year standings that did not qualify via the top 35 Lifetime AOI standings, and 
the top five anglers from the 2024 t- a Tackle Warehouse Invitationals. Each regular season 2025 Bass Pro Tour event will be four days with every angler competing the first two days. The top 20 anglers, based on the two-day cumulative weight, will advance to the knockout round in day three. Weights will reset in the knockout round, and the top 10 anglers will advance to the championship round on day four. Winners will be determined by the heaviest cumulative weight from the knockout and championship rounds. The future of our sport is live streaming, catch and weigh, immediate release, and every fish counts, said MLF president and CEO Boyd Duckett. By focusing on 50 anglers in a more compact event that's easy for both the diehard fans and the casual fans alike to follow, we'll do what other successful leagues have uh, have done to grow. Focus on a small group of the highest performers and make them the most visible personalities in the sport. It also allows us to enhance what are already the sport's best payouts. Each stage of the 2025 Bass Pro Tour will pay $130,000 to the winner and $2,000 through 50th place. Redcrest will feature the sport's top award of $300,000 and $10,000 through 20th place, and $5,000 will go through last place. Heavy hitters will feature $100,000 for a win with big bass awards in each round of $25K, $50K, and $100,000. Not only does the Bass Pro Tour feature the best sports, or, uh, the sport's best payouts, rather, and biggest media platform, its anglers graduate through the sport's lucrative, most lucrative qualifying circuits. The nationally televised and live streamed tackle warehouse invitationals, the Toyota Series presented by Phoenix Boats, Phoenix Bass Fishing League presented by TH Marine, and Abu Garcia College Fishing presented by Yeti. They're reinstating every fish count scoring. Scoring on the Bass Pro Tour will return to the every fish counts formats in 2024. After scoring each angler's five biggest bass per day in 2023, the change will recapture the excitement and pressure of the tour's original format. We responded in 2023 to fans and anglers that wanted to see how a five fish how five fish scoring would look with our score tracker live leaderboard. Uh, said MLF Executive Vice President and General Manager Kathy Fennell. Unfortunately, viewership growth was stagnant. The Bass Pro Tour thrives on intense competition, and scoring uh, and the scoring change affected the tour's competitiveness in an unexpected way. By reinstating the Every Fish Counts scoring structure and having fewer anglers in the knockout round, pros will no longer uh, be able to uh, to let their guard down without the risk of being overtaken by someone climbing score tracker. Um, I am going to just leave it at that. Those are the those are the two biggest things that kind of uh, come up in this 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 article. Um, now, obviously, Sean and myself, we don't have really a stake in this claim. Just I, my in my situation, out of ignorance uh, of of tournament fishing at this this level, Sean's experience. Uh, uh, with with tournament angling, primarily being in in the kayak world, but Joe, you pay a lot more attention to this. Like, l- I'd like to get your opinions. Like, what do you think with this? Uh, I'm I'm like I'm really standing on the fence with this one. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it before. I I do five fish tournaments. That's just the tournaments I've been doing. I haven't done any MLF events that where it's just every fish counts. Yep. Um, I have a couple, I have a couple ideas on this first being, and the big one is 
they have, especially during the spawn, like we talked about, they have had instances where these anglers, these competitors will find one fish sitting on a bed and they will continuously catch that same fish Mm -hmm. um, multiple times, whether it's, you know, two, whatever, because that fish is going to continue to defend its, you know, its bed. Sure. Um, And they, and they kind of play and I've seen it. I've seen it on um, live streams. I've seen it live. Um, There was actually a Japanese angler that kind of got um, caught doing it last year. Not last year, the previous year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but even with the five fish limit or the every fish counts, like as long as they like act as though like, oh, I had no idea I was catching the same fish twice. Um, so they're bringing in these five fish. Let's just say for into uh, the, these five pound fish multiple times, the same fish. Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of, that's just kind of wacky to me. You know, it's like, oh, he got another five. He got another five. He got another five, but it's, actually just the same fish yeah. that they're pulling off the You're same saving bed over and so over so much again. money on gas too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and uh and like I said, I I I remember seeing this uh, a couple years ago of this Japanese angler. He goes he actually said it and there was there was some like uh strife about it and some um, you know, speculation after the fact, but he actually mentioned it after he weighed that fish, he put it back. He literally said something in the uh, in, in the realm of Oh, I'm just gonna catch her again, and the and the uh, the official was like, "Whoa, no, you you can't do that." He goes, "No, no, no, like not on purpose." You know, it's like a convers a quick convers like they had on like live TV about yeah. this, and I was like, "That's a little fucking wacky." And uh, <laughs> but when it comes to the five fish limit versus every fish counts, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I like the aspect that they they do instant catch and release. I like that. Me personally, I like the idea of five fish more just because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like, I feel like you see these guys with a little bit more tactics of going to find the bigger fish versus, you know, they find a bunch of, you know, 12, 14 inches and yeah. they're just, you know, a school of them or how, however, and just keep catching them like, you know, over and over and over again. And just like, I don't know, me watching it, I want to see those big fish caught. You yeah. know what I mean? Don't, um, don't you think that there's possibly a way for there to be a happy medium? There's got to be. And the fact that they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Kinda, I mean, I would kinda, I would go so far as to say that maybe a good step in the right direction would be catch photo release. <laughs> Joe, the, uh, I was going to jump in on that. Like, <laughs> that is one thing I think the kayak world has right is yeah. you can't, you can't submit that same fish twice because yeah. you've got a picture on it and it can be bumped up against the same picture of itself. Yeah. 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 You know, you just, you can't do that. You, you um, screw yourself doing it. Yep. Having, having done both big boat and kayak tournaments, I will say this, the, the catch them all aspect of things and having done well in those tournaments, it's a whole different strategy, man. Sure. I think they're yeah, two different games. It's it's a whole different strategy. It's a whole different physical demand mm-hmm. because you know we've talked about it. Like I did this spring, I won that that catch them all. That was what I put up five hundred inches. That was not like you said, just kind of going out and going through twelve to fourteen inches. That was a fish every ten minutes, dude. You yeah. you have to 
not you're not eating you're not doing you are wired for eight hours yeah like that that was amazing to do and i've and i've you know had fun with those in the past but it's not it's not a uh more of a mental game it's way more physical even though they're only 12 to 14 inches because you're just constantly ripping fish out you get sore after a few hours it's nuts yeah um and mentally it's draining because if you know that you're up against the catch them all style and you're not catching them everybody else is in it like it's a total mind fuck i yeah i genuinely think that the five fish limit and the every fish counts are two totally different games it's like monopoly and risk you know they're just different games which is fine Go ahead. Jim. I actually like. I actually like that they do it. That somebody did it that way. Yeah, it's just kind of cool. It sets them apart. It's it's cool. Um, I don't know what to say about all the, uh, um, the uh, the the qualifications. That's not. I'd really have to look at that. I think yeah. initially, Bobby, when we talked about, it, I talked a little bit about a comparison with college football and the way things probably should have been done mm-hmm. in college football twenty years ago. And I was like, well, on the face, to me, it seems all right. I'd really have to look at it. But I like that. I like that. Uh, that that catch them all style. That's fun. Um, oh yeah. And uh, I don't know. Whatever. It's their business. I just wish they'd go CPR. There's no reason. There's especially you know with these major leagues in bass fishing now. There's no reason to not go CPR. Yeah. There's no reason. It's, this it, is it would, stupid. Yeah. I mean, the idea of putting an official on every single boat and doing a weigh in and stuff. I get it. That's the way they want to do it. They're doing it that you know by pounds, uh, by weight. It's. I get it. But. You could streamline it, I think, so much by doing yeah. CPR. I mean, shit, you could even bring in like a full-on like non-boaterly, non-boater circuit. I mean, I'm sure that already exists, but like you would be able to streamline it so much because you would be able to have multiple anglers on a boat now. And, you know, CPR is just it's it's a it's a it's a quick turnaround. And also, like, I like the the comparison, Sean, that you said, like how it's a different game entirely like a different skill set because even if mlf were to do some top five events you know some like big bass events like where it's the 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 stringer of five or a catch them all any fish count style like i believe that at that point then you kind of give the anglers a little bit more of an opportunity to shine where they're best you know, maybe yeah. you've got somebody who's better suited to just like, oh, uh, we got another one. Cool. Let's go ahead and measure this fish. Great. We'll get our picture release. Boom. We're on our way. And let's be honest, man, doing CPR. And I've, I've done CPR on a bass boat before. It's a dream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a dream. It just is. Um, it's great. I I would go the exact opposite. Of course you would. <laughs> because it's it's too, there's no containment. So with, with my kayaks... I I've lost pro- I think I've lost more fish on big boats than I have on smaller boats. Really doing CPR? Yeah, because it's just they once on a bass boat if it goes and it doesn't go into where the seats are, it's gone. That fish jumps, it's gone off the off the board. But in a in a boat or in a kayak and like the ones I use, they're not going anywhere. They're contained. They can flop all over the fucking place. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a, a good amount of deck there, but I, I, I think it's. I mean, I think personally, the best place to measure a fish on a bass boat is on that stair that goes right up to the front deck. Pop that measuring board never, right there. Boom. I never measure there. That's how I do it. Huh? And you I have to. Have, the, I always use the back. You have to have the space, you know, in order to be able that's, to do that's it. That's the thing. You like have when to be, I show yeah. up to fish on Andy's boat. Mm-hmm. I know he makes a face. <laughs> Because you bring a catch I've board. got, I bring a bunch of shit. Yeah. No, I, I bring, and that stair is usually got something on it. Yeah. 
Uh, that's something to think about. Yeah, it is. It is nice. I'll tell. I'll tell you, man. It is. It, it really is. Um, it just. It's. It would be. It would be so simple to transition over to that, and then number one, you like Joe said with that issue with there being. And for those that are listening right now, the reason why Joe hasn't chimed in is that he's at a power outage at his house. He just texted me. He said he'd be back in a minute. <laughs> so this should be interesting. Um, what uh, the the um. Like Joe had mentioned with that that one issue, and I will say this, like that that issue about the potential of catching another fish, that's really only going to be one section of the year. That's really the only time you really have to be concerned with that because yeah. really that already exists in catch photo release tournaments. You know, you do a CPR tournament and if you catch a fish, like you said, Sean, like you have the, that image that you can just match them up and that pattern, you know, you can tell if it's the same fish or not, you know, yeah. simple, simple line in the rules. Fish cannot be submitted. A single fish cannot be submitted, submitted twice. twice. That's exactly easy it. enough. You know, it makes it, makes it that easy. Hang on. I said, well, this will be funny. Hey, he made it. He's back. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Uh, Joe, we we were speculating that your uh, the rooster had cut the lines because he heard us talking shit about it. And he was going <laughs> to take it out on you. It was like everything went out and then just came right back on. It was weird. It's always the way it is, man. Um, yeah. So what I miss. <laughs> so I, I was just going on about how, um, like, it, I think, I mean, it, I think it would be maybe a good idea for MLF to utilize both. That top five calling, like, best five. And uh, uh, catch them all style, because then you offer the opportunity for anglers to show off like their best. You know, if you work yeah. really good under pressure or something, and then again, by like going CPR, you eliminate that ability to submit a, a fish for a second time. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. It, I think here's what I think MLF's problem is. They've been, they've been on the coattails of BASS. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone knows that I, I watch, I prefer to watch BASS. I will mm -hmm. watch MLF events if there's, you know, nothing else on. And I think instead of just trying it, it I think they're really struggling with the fact that they know that BASS still kind of holds the market. Um, and they're just, they're just like, you know, picking at straws, trying to figure out how they can get their audience up mm -hmm. to what theirs is. And by continuously changing shit, I don't know. I, I they really just need to figure it out and stick to something. I really thought that when they did made that change, um, yeah. that was going to be it. And you know, the 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 one comment that they made that I did not like was like, "Oh, our audience ship was just stagnant." Well, well it mean, doesn't mean it doesn't mean you change it again. It didn't go down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just. I don't I like think, the way they're going. I think for them that they're looking at it as, okay, so the request was that we play the same game as yeah. this other organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, if we do that, like the only reason why we would do that is maybe, maybe that's what's keeping people from coming to us. Sure. And I think that they're probably looking at it saying, well, they're like, we're not seeing any growth in doing that. Let's. Right. And let's embrace what it was that made us stand apart and then, and then do this and maybe we can continue to grow, yeah. you know? <clears throat> yeah. It was, I, I get why that, they, why they're doing it. I mean, and, and MLF has an opportunity. Like they, they really do. 
I can remember, I you know, because you you'll you'll talk to people, and albeit lots of times, this is coming from a, a place of not being well educated in terms of uh, conservation, the outdoors, like right. a, a lot of a lot of like just ignorance on on this stuff. People will say. You know, oh, you know, well, you know, these fishing tournaments, like it's so bad for the fish and, you know, uh, you know, you're putting all these fish in a live well, which is, yeah, that's high stress for that fish. A hundred percent it is. And then people would just say, oh yeah, but then there's, there's these leagues that do, you know, they're, they're more like catch and release, you know, they're, but nobody really knows what that is. If they lean into that, I think that right there, I think that there would be more, more support. And again, like I think that by eliminating the potential of there being, shall I, shall I say, shenanigans with catching fish repeatedly, if yeah. they can dial in on that in the rules or just, you know, whatever it is that they, I mean, I don't know if they have the, the, the official just verify like, nope, that's a different fish. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could be that simple, but I just, I just, I mean, I feel as though. It would be really tough to prove that it either is or isn't the same fish. All you need is a photograph. No, dude, it's so easy. Yeah. All no, it is so easy. Yeah. Okay. Because this is—I right. mean, mean, this is thousands of fish I've judged in the past three years. You can—it's very easy. Fish, fish are like each fish. Uh, its pattern and its fins are like a fingerprint. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. very unique. It's and you very can, easy. You can yeah. do a dissolve okay. on both pictures and put them one right over the other. Yep. <clears throat> and, and okay. You know, even sometimes just seeing them like right next to one another, you're just like, that's exactly the same fish because those there will be markings that will stand apart. And you know, from the official standpoint, I don't know if they're just like sitting there on their phone, and then when they're like, oh, I got one, and they're like, oh, okay, cool, let's go ahead and weigh this. Like, if if you're alongside this one bank, right? And there's a bunch of beds all over the place. And you see this angler just pitching back into this spot. Or maybe they go back to it. You know, it's a dead giveaway if you just pay attention to where you are. You're like, ah, didn't we just fish here? You know? So maybe you put the onus a little bit more on the official to say, like, all right, so we're going to track spots. Where was this catch? Click GPS. Let's mark it. Oh, this line's up. Mm, Let's verify. Let's make sure using a picture. Because that's the thing. It's also on camera, like on video. So you could get a still image and a still image and line those up. I mean, would it take some work? Sure, but are you, so you're talking to that as a method of um, distinguishing distinguishing fish, right? Yeah, just putting it on the official. So they're like, "Hey, man, we're in the same exact spot, and you're casting exactly where you were. Catch what you want, I would, but I can de- disqualify it. You know, wouldn't even I wouldn't even do that. What's that? I would just go. I would just go by the pictures. That's the easiest thing. You're adding a, a layer to oh, it. Because- oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That is the easiest thing. But I think the idea of MLF saying like, "Oh, we can fire all these people now, <laughs> just do CPR." So, yes. Here's the. You can. Here's. Well, here's the problem with the moving in the GPS. What about fish that move during the during the spawning season? Because females will drop eggs at numerous nests. So what if you? Catch one on a nest, and then for whatever reason, it has now moved. But again, you know what I mean, this isn't this isn't about this being like, oh, he was caught in this one area. It's just about building, uh, building doubt, I guess, really, and trying to fuel your case. We're like, well, we were right here. We caught this fish, and God, it looks exactly the same in these pictures. Now you've got multiple things that are laid out. Um, 
you know, Zach chimes in here. He says, I feel like a lot of the anglers that put their chips on MLF when the switch was made are going to be put uh, are going to be put to the MLF pasture and have to switch leagues or remain out to pasture. As I'm assuming that's because of the now the limitation to just that 50 anglers. Um, I actually like what Zach says about this because when the MLF did the switch, they had, you know, obviously a few big anglers that did the switch with them. And and mm-hmm. who was, who was the biggest one that made the switch? It was KVD. Oh yeah. KVD went MLF and he didn't, it, it did. It, it wasn't the like, um, are you talking about when they made the switch from any uh, all fish count versus to the to the top five? No, 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 no. Just like when they did when they when basically, they came out. yeah, gotcha. Yep. And it, it, I think they thought that was gonna you know bringing in especially him and a couple other big names. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was they thought that was gonna be the slam dunk and it wasn't. And now KVD's gone, um, and they don't have any other of those big names yep. making that leap. So. Yeah. That's probably a little, uh, you know, stressful on them. And um, I, I don't know, like in, in my mind, being being an angler, I kind of see it as like BASS is almost the big leagues and MLF is almost the minor leagues. That's kind of how I've been seeing it lately. Yeah. So what is what is that based on? Just on their the way they've conducted their business or their method of fishing? Like their rules. I think they just wanted to be different from BASS. I I, I didn't think I don't think they want. I just they, they just wanted something different. Yeah, you you think they wanted something to stand out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Metal Jones says NFL versus XFL. Have at it, Sean. Oh man, which version of the XFL? That's tough. Yeah, because there's there's been a couple couple different incarnations of it i mean the original xfl i don't know i have i don't know that's that's a tough that's <laughs> yeah. a tough comparison you have <laughs> all all i remember about the xfl is when the original one that came out and they yep. did that thing where they put the ball in the middle and the two guys just ran after it and people like were almost dying i was like this is insane yeah. so if that comparison's valid what has bass picked up from from uh, mlf and run with anything have they adopted? No, 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 no. B- I, not nothing that I know of has BASS like taken from L- MLF. So I mean, there's some yeah. there's some staples, or there's a little, one particular staple that the NFL stole from the XFL that we all most people don't even know or recognize. The uh, wire mounted cameras over the middle of the field. That was an XFL thing. Oh, I did not know and that. The NFL, yeah, the NFL uses that. That was an XFL thing yeah. originally, and they just said, "Well, we're going to do that and better." So they ripped that off, but you know, that's interesting. I mean, nothing that I know of um came from MLF to mm. BASS. Um, and then I guess when you if you look at it the other way, this this recent, you know, mm-hmm. change where they went to the five fish, that's kind of them taking something from BASS when they were like, Nope, we're gonna do this completely different. We're gonna, you know. We're going to take the market by storm and we're going to do our own thing that wasn't working to where they wanted it to. And then they went back to the five fish limit. I think, I think a lot of that, that 
different limit or the no limit, all the, you know, the, the brawl, the, 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 the catch them all style that, that can be a turn on to some people and a turn off, but they went with it. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Not just because I like those, that style because I fish both. Um, but the thing that I think if they're looking at the audience, as we've said before, the bass fishing audience is by and large Southern, all right? The, the folks that are going to show up at weigh-ins yep. are by and large Southern audiences. 100%. And one of, aside from the cold, the probably the biggest complaint you hear from Southern anglers when they have a Northern tournament is, I don't want to catch small fish. So now you've got a tournament trail that, the majority of the fish caught are going to be smaller just based on, yeah. you know, the food pyramid. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Based on, based on an ecosystem. And right off the bat, they're going to, I can imagine, I can hear it coming out. We ain't watching them small fish being weighed in. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like who cares yeah. about a yep. one pound fish? Yeah, I agree. I, I, mean, I, I think you're 100% right with that. We don't want the cold and we don't want small fish, said the South. All right. Whatever. So it's funny because when we were at Hartwell, I uh, I was mentioned to some of the guys like that, that are kind of high up in ABA. And I was like, we should do this up north, like Champlain or the St. Yeah. Lawrence. Or and something they were, like, they were that. like, fuck no, ain't happening. They'll, they're basically they're like it, it, without actually saying it. They basically said it'll never happen. Yeah, exactly. What? Oh, yeah. Doing a doing a, a tournament like that tournament. Yeah, they won't get them. They won't get the numbers. No, because. They, the people, people in the South just won't go North. They don't care. You know, five, six, seven pound smallmouth. They don't care. Yep. Five, six, seven pound largemouth. They don't care. They're going to go out in the South and they're going to watch Northern anglers that fish in more variety of conditions go out mm -hmm. and, and hang. But a Southern, a Southern angler will have trouble hanging up here. And then for whatever reason, nobody likes spinning rods down there. Okay. That's great. You only use flathead screwdrivers down there too, guys, or what? Like what's going on? So one of the things I do want to mention here is that one of the things that this article did go into and I, I didn't climb into was the live stream expansion. And I'm wondering about this. So because I just read this comment from uh, from Zach, he goes, I was all about MLF, but I don't think that they're going to make it now. They don't seem to be growing more like treading water. And I think that this is I feel like this is the basket that they're primarily putting their eggs in. I think what they're trying to do is use that 50 angler restructuring as a way to streamline the management to be able to make this something that somebody would want to watch on a live stream. And I think that these two things play one right into another. I could be wrong, though. So this is what they say about the live stream expansion. MLF is adding nearly 20% to its live stream offerings in 2024 with the addition of the General Tire Team Series to its MFL, MLF Now lineup. Uh, all six days of competition from each of the three General Tire Team Series qualifiers and all seven days from the General Tire Team Series Championship filmed in the fall of 2024 for television broadcast in 25 will be live streamed on MLF Now. Each 2024 Bass Pro Tour stage will feature four days of MLF Now live streamed coverage. The final two days of the qualifying round, the knockout round, and the championship round, Red Crest 2024 will stream all four days of competition, and the General Tire Heavy Hitters All-Star event will stream all six days of competition. MLF will always will also live stream all three days at each Tackle Warehouse Invitational Stop, as well as the final day of competition from the Toyota Series Championship 
Championship, Phoenix Bass Fishing, all uh, Phoenix Bass Fishing League All American, and Abu, Abu Garcia College Fishing National Championships. All told, fishing fans will have a total of eight hundred. I'm sorry, eight hundred eighty four full days of Major League Fishing live streamed content to consume in 2024. The General uh, Tire Team Series is one of our most exciting products, Duckett says. Condensing the Bass Pro Tour live stream to four days and allowing us to expand our Team Series coverage, which is a win-win for fans. We'll, we will, we'll have an easier-to-follow Bass Pro Tournament uh, format and an extended season with 25 days of Team Series live stream coverage to watch in the fall. For complete details on updated information on all MLF Bass Pro Tour, visit MajorLeagueFishing.com and check out their socials. Um, you know, again, like, I, I don't love live streaming. I don't. I think that it's sloppy as fuck, I think, for most people, right? I do. I think it's sloppy as shit. I think that in order to do it right requires a lot of infrastructure, you know? Um, you're, require, you're, you're basically relying on a lot of wireless shit in order to, in order to make it happen. Um, in getting, like, some real data-heavy shit, like video clips to be sent, <laughs> you know, through the air uh, in, in most cases, Um with that said, though, I cannot believe an organization like MLF is going to go with a bunch of morons with their cell phones like, I'm going to send this over and it's going to be the wrong orientation. Like, I think they're going to do it the right yeah. way. You know what I mean? I think they're going to have yeah. legitimate cameras. I think they're going to have rigs that are set up to transfer uh, the data from that that's being fed, uh, you know, quickly and efficiently. I feel like if you're going to get a quality live stream, we need to hold MLF to that, you know? Yeah. It, so it, off of the live, not, not separate from the live stream, this can't just, I just thought of this. When you mentioned the team events, I think mm -hmm. the team event concept's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that is something that's different. I think that's cool. Um, ABA is actually going to be doing something similar to that for this upcoming season. How does that work? Um, their, their team events. Basically, it's, um, I, I, I don't know a hundred... Basically, you let's say you have a team of four, mm -hmm. right? So let's say you have twelve anglers out there, three teams of four. Gotcha. Um, and basically, the the team that has the highest weight wins, essentially. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. How do the teams um, get decided? That I have no clue. Oh, I have no clue. Um, but uh, oh shit. Oh, so the one thing I, I have to do research into. Mm -hmm. So I've done, I've, I've, you know, we've talked about, I've done research into going and doing a, a, a Bassmaster Open here or there. Yep. Um, MLF has the same. They they have their opens, but I'm wondering if for if it's the same, if it's the if it's the same criteria as like the standard MLF where it's just like catch and release, because I. Like for those, yeah, for those open, I don't know if they would do that for the opens. I, I I would really have to look into it for them to put that money into having the marshals and everything like mm -hmm. that for something that's not being covered and stuff and, and, and whatnot. I have no idea if it's, if it's the same, you know, yeah, system as the, uh, the top MLF. I, I, I will have to look into that. Hmm. No, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's curious. I think that in, in a lot of ways, you know, and I, I know that BASS is doing, you know, their own push toward live stream, because let's face it, fewer and fewer people are watching television, you know, 
I don't 100%. mean to say that people aren't looking at that giant screen in their living room. They are. But the content that's coming from there, every year, less and less, it's over the air or cable or satellite. Mm -hmm. More and more, it's streamed content. So, like, there's a part of this that leans toward that broadcast world, which is, like, what's feasible and what's not. And I think that any organization right now needs to look at live streaming and how to perform yeah. it and how to perfect it. Yeah. Um, there have been live streaming television channels. Um since as early back as I can remember as like 2012. And you know what kind of numbers they got for views? Dog shit. <laughs> they did because the infrastructure just wasn't there. And it's not always going, you know, I don't even necessarily think it's there now. You know what I mean? But like by looking and aiming toward like the next few years, like it might be a little bit rocky, but I think that this could be a good thing. Um, but like I said, I, I'm sure that BASS is doing the same thing. And I, I do feel like, you know, BASS was the first one in the dance. Like they were yeah. the one they put the brand name. It's just like if you go down south and you order uh, a drink at a restaurant or something, you order a Coke. You know, what is that, Texas, where it's everything's a Coke? Every Everywhere in the South. Yeah, it's just, it's always a Coke. But yet, at the same <laughs> time, there are different brands that exist. Like, it is what it is. I feel like Bassmaster has just sort of become this umbrella. You know, and BASS as an organization does have the corner on that market. I think that MLF is smart to stand apart from that somehow and not regurgitate exactly what it is. And, you know... Time will ultimately yeah. tell what what happens. Like you're not going to see it from one season to another. Like I'm not going to expect. Like when they changed over to the to the to the Stringer Five format, just like every other standard tournament, you know, platform. When they did that and their numbers didn't change, like I feel like they're smart for going back. Like if if all of a sudden it was just like, oh, that was the thing. Oh, that was the thing that was keeping you from watching. Well, now they know that it's not. You know. So I think it's it's a smart move. I don't know. I've always said that that uh, with uh, with with competitive fishing, you know, tournament fishing, like part of it is you got to be easy to watch, you know. So I don't necessarily know that like all of these live like the, the having having the majority of this stuff live streamed is a great idea because those people that want to invest that time and watch that entire thing fantastic but then if you use your partnerships in television and streamline it to just the best yeah. of the best the actual highlights cut away all of that bloat then you can offer something that people are going to watch and that might actually get people fired up about yeah. tournament fishing typically what i see with the live streaming is um They'll get like a two hour spot on a on a network. Yep. And then obviously it's an eight hour plus tournament. Yeah. So they'll get that two hour spot on the network and then they'll transfer over to a live stream yeah. somewhere where whether it's YouTube on their website directly or yep. what have you. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you guys something. This is gonna get deep. This is gonna go this is a rabbit hole fucking question right here. I love rabbit holes. Does the sport of professional fishing lend itself to live streaming period does the sport itself and i ask that thinking of this mm -hmm. what other sport maintains this level of secrecy with its gear and its methods and its techniques there's none right yeah does it you know what i mean yeah, cuz like yeah. you you'll watch a guy catch a 6 pound bass on some sort of a chatterbait and he'll turn right to the camera and go Texas rig worm did it did it does it every day, 
because yeah. they don't yeah. want the, if especially if you're live streaming. If I'm on another boat, why can't I live stream my competitor? <laughs> Watching yeah. him catch fish on a chatterbait. Well, I, I think that's not like so. <clears throat> I'm assuming BASS and MLF do the same thing. And maybe yeah. this is where like the catch photo release thing would be tough. And uh, unless it's just like the Marshall, but even for my tournaments down in Hartwell, I was not allowed to have my cell phone. I was not allowed to, I was uh, because I'm not allowed to make calls and yeah. talk to people about, you know, hmm. but I, I was not allowed to have my cell phone. So you can't even have it on for emergencies. I can have it for emergencies, but I can't, I'm not, I'm not supposed to make so, calls. Gotcha. Or so it's any, not like so, you put it in a, a <laughs> what do you call it? One of those pouches or something like that, where it can't be retrieved or anything. No, like that. no, okay. no. I put it, I had to put it in my, uh, in, in a compartment and it was for emergency only. So let me, gotcha. let me, let me get into that on that. What you just brought up with the CPR, Joe. So one of the things that I did last year when I was running a tournament was I wanted the scoreboard off. Yep. All right. Because. If the scoreboard's off, you're not seeing your competitors where they're catching fish because you can look right across the lake and, oh, there's Frank Rizzo over there fucking ripping in. Oh, there's a 16. There's a 17. There's a 19. Yeah. Yeah. You keep the scoreboard off. And it's funny because those of us that have fished big boat tournaments, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like, you don't know what's happening until you get back unless you happen no to be clue. close to somebody and see them. Yep. Um, and there was a couple folks that said to me after the event, I didn't like that. Yeah. Like, dude. That's the way fishing's but I actually think that that's a way kayak fishing can change. Keep this number one, the fucking the the live scoreboards are bullshit anyways in kayak fishing yeah. because people fucking sandbag up sandbagging. the ass so people don't see where they're fishing. So in this case, I hate to say it, I hate sandbagging, but I think they're justified in doing it. Yeah. Because if you if you're catching fish too many times in a kayak tournament, you you catch a couple fish and all of a sudden you're surrounded. Yeah. Yeah. It's like dude, get the fuck out of here. Like yeah, fish it, yourself. It, I yeah, I think you're. I I, I think you kind of hit the head. You know, hit the nail on the head because with the I because I'm sitting here trying to think like what other sport is so secretive like golf. There's isn't. none. Yeah, yeah golf. golf right not. Yep, yep, you see everything. Um, you, you got the scoreboards there, and and I I know personally of pro anglers who are sponsored by whatever company. Mm-hmm. But they'll go to like expos and stuff like that, like on the side, like a drug deal. Be like, hey, yo, can I get like, can I get like thirty of those jigs right there? Just don't tell anyone I was here. You know what you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, and um, and just like Sean said, like like just like you know they're throwing the chatter, babe. Those like, but they're like, yep, yep, got this one on another Texas rig. You, you know what I mean? It's it's, but it, it's different. Like uh. <laughs> You know, with golf, like a nine iron to nine iron is a nine iron. But if a fish is biting a, a a a black and blue fucking chatterbait, but nothing else, like that's a little different, you know. Yeah. So that's that's something that you have put in your work. You have, you know, found found the 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 juice essentially, mm -hmm. and that's where your competition. That's that's what how you've gotten ahead of your competition. I'm just curious how this is different from like tournaments being on television, like the live stream element, like what is that? I mean, I feel like you still, you still see the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? So-and-so has got whatever logo on their boat and they're like, they might be fishing them on something else. Like, how is this different because of live streaming? Real time. <clears throat> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Real time. Yep. Cause even if, even if your phone's off, you, Oh my God, I got it. Just like, Oh, I'm, I'm accidentally catching this bass. Well, I had to get a 
phone call from my wife. Something was going on with the kids. Chatterbait. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, the kids are so, sick today, Chatterbait. So I will tell you, um, if, if they did do uh, CPR, there is an easy fix with the oh, you can't use your phone thing. I'm pretty sure MLF could afford a fucking tablet to be used yep. as the official oh, entry device. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's where, and I guess that's where you kind of still have that Marshall on the boat. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? you, the Marshall handles it. a tablet, phone, whatever, whatever yep. they use. And, uh, you, you know, it is definitely doable. Um, I think it's kind of the, I, I think why they haven't and why it would be tough. And it, it's just because of, this is how they've been doing it for so many years. Yeah. So it's going to be that. That's stigma. always the biggest. That, yeah. We've always, always done it this way. So why would we change it? That when you, when, when that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth, that's a good opportunity to look back at what you're doing and say, uh, is this really the fucking reason why we want to stick with this? Just because that's the way it's always been. It's usually a big red flag. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's it is tough. I mean, I I I I can't say that that I I think that that MLF's going to tread water here. I think in reality, only time will tell. I think that a season is not long enough to look at an overall trend. Um, I just think that that I, it kind of looks like they switched to that big bass, that top five, that that stringer of five format. To say, okay, so we did it. Everybody, that was the everybody's biggest thing. And while nothing changed with our numbers or anything, it's not like we got tons of new, you know, people following us at all. So we're going back to what we did. And I, I, th I think that if they just stick to their convictions, I think that's the move. Um, I, I think, I think you're right. I, 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 you know, now after you saying that and hearing it, like, oh, they, they kind of tried to maybe copy back to BASS or like, oh, nothing changed. We're going to go back to our roots. What we, yeah, what we, why we changed what we changed. Now, what about thinning the herd and doing, and I'm not talking about spending a weekend up at Lake George. <laughs> Let's talk about thinning the herd. Cause it's, it's cut back now to just those 50 spots. Do you guys think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Again, I don't know where the I, I you read those things, and I don't know what I don't care about the I, I don't follow any of this yeah. professional stuff, but like, um, I, I related it to college football in a way that everyone hated the and Bobby. I'm gonna Joe, you might know a little bit about this, yeah. Bobby. I'm gonna go over your head with this, but there was a system in place for years called the BCS. The BCS was a fucking joke. All right, it was a weird mathematical thing that made zero sense. And would put teams that didn't really deserve to be in the national championship in the national championship because they had this weird formula. Yeah, yeah. And so they, um, and then they get killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was ridiculous. But they had it for years, and that was their attempt at having like a college basketball RPI system. Yeah. So the college basketball system, I think, works well enough that you get all the teams that deserve to be in, and then it's arguing over these middle of the road teams. Yeah. All right. So it was, it's like lesser teams that win their conferences, better teams that win their conferences, teams that get voted in. And through the combination of this process, most, the, the vast majority of the teams that are supposed to be in the college football, uh, college basketball playoff are in. Yeah. When it comes to college football, it's been like figure skating for the entire, our entire lives up until a few years ago when finally they broke down and, and decided to get a, what is it an 18 tournament now or a four team? I already forget. I don't care. I stopped watching. They, they burned it out. <laughs> they of changed me. the format though. Yeah. They changed. Yeah. They finally have a tournament. So, 
had I, there was actually a book, uh, a, an author on uh, Yahoo Sports, uh, Dan Wetzel. Loved reading Dan Wetzel for years and years and years, and he fucking hated the college football postseason. So he and another guy wrote a book called 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 Death to the BCS, and they said, look, if you took all the conference winners, right? Easy enough. Even the little conferences, big and little. Mm -hmm. There's 11 conferences. They all went into the playoffs at the time. That's 11 teams out of a 16-team playoffs, and the other five were the at-larges. I went through and just did that using the BCF, BCS formula over the years, just fucking mm -hmm. around one day. All the top 10 teams in the nation got in every year. Yeah. So the top 10 teams were in, plus five mid-majors that really were probably going to be cannon fodder, but then you have the, the Boise State-Oklahoma game. Yeah, where Boise State's fucking pulling trick plays out of their ass, and they beat Oklahoma. Great, that was a fucking what the Tampax fucking heavy flow day bowl, whatever the fuck it was. Can you imagine <laughs> if that was a national semifinal? The people in Oklahoma would still be going up to Boise to fight people right now. They'd hey, it's uh, it's Tuesday in March. What do you say we grab a couple cases of beer, drive up to Boise, and fucking fight? You know, like that's that, that yeah. would still happen yeah. to this day. But they wasted an opportunity because. College football at that time, just their fucking postseason was outsourced and they sucked. Hmm. But yeah. I, I'm hoping that's the same thing MLF did where you've got all these different tournament trails that are feeding into this championship series and you've mm -hmm. got, you're getting guys who win the big ones, guys who win the little ones, and then we fill in the blanks with the better, the best anglers the remaining. Best. That's hopefully yeah. what, it, I, what we were reading. From, from the way it sounds, I think that's exactly what they're trying to do is to spotlight the best of the best and do it in a way where, like, you know, so you make it a little bit tougher. So I, it, it's it's funny. This came across my my way, and uh, I said, "Well, why should we cover this? Like, what the? I don't I don't get. It. I I knew everybody was going to be talking about it, but I'm like, what are we really going to bring to the conversation? I'm like, other than than Joe's experience in in the big bass boat tournament fishing world, like, what is it worth it? And this this one individual was like, because it's fucked up. <laughs> And I'm like, and I was just like, I, again, like I was just like, I don't know how fucked up. And I mean, I'm not sure 100 percent what their position was, but uh, did um did MLF have a recent change in organizational um, management or anything like that? Is that why they went back? Did somebody lose their job and somebody else stepped in and said, okay, no, well, Frankie Rizzo here took us so. took us down a no, no. Oh, that's oh. weird. All right, Duckett's Usually, been he's he's kind of been in charge for. For a minute. Yeah. 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 That's usually when you see something like this happen. You know, a CEO or a CFO says enough's enough. We're not like the military, right, Sean? <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's no, yeah. that's different where somebody new comes in and says, Hey, we've got something that works here. We're gonna go ahead and put our stamp on it and yeah. break it. Yeah. Fuck it. Cause I want a promotion. Oh, great. Yep, Thanks, yep. asshole. I want that bird to turn into a star. So we're gonna do it my way. And we're every, gonna do it my way. Everybody knows that uh that boy Duckett is an individual that you can believe in and trust, uh, you know, to to deliver a, a great product. <laughs> so it should be good. <laughs> <laughs> Shrouded in controversy. Uh, let's just say so. That. So funny thing about Duckett, real quick. So yep. that uh, the 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 tackle shop we hide, uh, highlighted last week, um, big sign on the door: buy one Duckett rod, get two free. <laughs> I don't hate that real. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it. Oh, the paradigm. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice reel. I don't hate it. Um, anyway, we're getting way off topic. Guys, let's uh, take a short break, <laughs> reconvene. We have we got a call on the hotline. It was it was burning. It was burning hot. We got a call. 
from one of our listeners asking us to uh, give a little bit of insight about fall fishing. And we're going to chime in on that. We have uh, also an FTG for you that I'm just going to upset a huge population of the uh, of the fishing world. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm fine with that. Um, and then in gear of the week this week, we're we're extending that gear family. We're including everything. You might say uh, it's everything and the kitchen sink. Guys, we'll be back with much more Jigs and Bigs goodness right after this. Don't go too far. Jigs and Bigs wants to take a moment to say thank you to our partners for helping us continue to push the limits of our fishing adventures and bring you amazing long-form content. We're excited to offer Jigs and Bigs listeners a 15% off savings on your first installment of a month-to-month subscription to Dark Horse Tackle just by using the code JIGSANDBIGS15. Dark Horse Tackle provides a monthly supply of small batch craft and custom lures, allowing anglers to try some otherwise tough-to-discover baits. This is the stuff you're not going to find just anywhere. And Dark Horse Tackle does the hard part for you. They track down these small companies and then test the baits to determine if it's a good enough fit for the Dark Horse Tackle community. You can also build your own box with Dark Horse Tackle. Select your own baits in a BYOB and try it before you subscribe or just pick up some past baits that you may have missed out on from previous boxes. Jigs and Bigs listeners can save 25% on a BYOB using the code J and B BYOB25. Subscribe now and build your own box at DarkHorseTackle.com. For all your premium kayak needs, we partner with Three Bells Outfitters. Located along Smith Cove in Niantic, Connecticut, Three Bells is your go-to location for kayaks and accessories by Hobie, Native, Bonafide, Jackson, Yakutak, Nakwa, Boondocks, Burley Pro, and many more. Financing options are available to upgrade your kayak fishing experience. White glove delivery also available. Visit ThreeBellsOutfitters.com for more information and do not forget to tell them that Jigs and Bigs sent you. Next, we need to thank Abe Lure. Abe Lure, a quality product at a quality price, painted by a fishing fanatic who just wants to see you catch fish. You can get your own custom painted lures with a 20% off savings using the code Jigs and Bigs at checkout. Visit abelure.com to order. But wait, there's more. Have you always wanted to fish the famed St. Lawrence River? Well, stay in Alexandria Bay at either the Bay House Apartment or the Ship Motel. Links for booking can be found in the description of this podcast. Reaction Tackle is the Jigs and Bigs approved source for tungsten, all types of fishing line, a variety of fishing storage and accessories, and a whole lot more. Reaction Tackle provides high value for your money. Click the affiliate link in the description of this podcast to check out their wide selection right now. Again, we cannot thank our partners enough for their support. Please consider supporting them and supporting the show in the same process. All links and codes are listed in the show notes of each podcast. Hey, you. Yeah, you. The one with the impeccable taste in fishing podcasts. Bobby Rose Beef here with a little call to action for all Jigs and Bigs listeners. We're opening up our hotline to you. Now you can call us to sound off about almost anything at 413-324-8519. Want to submit someone for our FTG segment? Call us at 413-324-8519. Care to maybe suggest a topic for just the tip or bait of the week? Call us at 413-324-8519. Maybe you just want to give us or anyone else a little shout out on the show, or you want to suggest a guest for the beef seat. 
You guessed it. Call us at 413-324-8519. The Jigs and Bigs hotline is there for you to leave a message with us 24-7. Just call 413-324-8519. Also, you can check that number in the notes of this podcast. Bobby, Sean, and who the fuck is Joe Brown now have a special presentation for us all. It's time for Just the Tip. You're damn right it is. It is time for Just the Tip. And this week's tip comes to us from the Jigs and Bigs hotline. And this is a great way to use it. If you guys have a question about something, something that we can throw in here. And, and we were just kind of like, how, where do we want to put this? In the first segment, we knew we had a lot to go on in the first segment. We're like, let's kind of make this the tip because it's asking for advice. So that's what's nice about the hotline. You guys get to... You know, call and uh, and give us some information. We kind of get to run with it. So we're going to hear from, we actually heard from Brady last week. He was one of the contestants for that Dark Horse Tackle Weekend Warrior Box giveaway, um, which, by the way, Zach is in here. I'm going to have a name and address for you shortly. I'm just waiting to hear back from the winner. Um, it's going to be all good. Uh, but, but I'm going to play this call for you, and then we're going to talk about it. So this is a call that came in from Brady. Let's take a listen to what Brady has to say here. Hey, Bobby, Sean, Joe, it's Brady again, a Reservoir Reaper. Um, I'm actually on my way home from fishing right now, and I just had a question. I guess it could be for Sean or Joe or even Bobby, but, you know, everybody talks about the fall bite and how good it is and how, you know, the fish are eating everything just trying to get ready for winter. But the last three times I've went out, I've skunked, you know. I'm wondering, should I be fishing deep? Should I be fishing shallow? You know, I'm throwing everything, the whole book at them. I don't, unfortunately, keep a log yet. I'm newer to fishing. I started about two years ago. So, you know, I'm fishing chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, jigs, just about anything I can fish. And shallow, um, mainly shallow working banks, assuming they're feeding. And I mainly fish at nighttime. It is a little cooler here in the Northeast. So I was wondering what you guys do to be successful in the fall. All right, thanks, guys. So... Thanks for the call, Brady. That was awesome. I, I'm going to just throw this out there from the beginning that like Sean and I have talked in the past about like the fall bite, the fall feed bag, whatever it is, like the fall transition. Um, I have I'll, I'll be honest with you, looking at my um, looking at my records over the last handful of years where I actually struggle the most catching fish is in the fall. Um, it's, it's where bites will, there seems to just be a big drop in bites and then, you know, it picks up a little bit right before the end of the year, um, or, you know, right toward the, the tail end of the fall. And I recently was watching uh, a video on YouTube. Um, and it was basically, uh, it was one of these, I thought this was kind of like a clickbaity photo, like, oh yeah, uh, learn all about fall fishing right here. So I watched it and, and I, f I found that like, I think that this, there's a flow to it, right? So you have, you know, fall starts and those temperatures start to get cooler at night. Once you have that, that changeover, you have less sunlight, you know, there's, there's, there's changes that are happening in, you know, environmentally. And what ends up happening is that water temp starts to roll off. Well, what ends up happening at that point is something called turnover in most, most lakes and, and ponds. And basically what happens is now instead of having like an area of the water that's rich in oxygen and a section of the water that is not, it, it evens out more or less. And what ends up happening is in this video, and I, I thought that this was interesting because last fall is where I, I started to notice a bit of a difference. Um, 
but not by much, is that now the real estate is kind of wide open. So fish will kind of travel a little bit more freely to different areas. And in this video, the claim was that the name of the game was covering water. So you'll see like a lot of dudes that will throw like a spook or a buzz bait, you know, on top water. They'll cover an area with cranks or with a spinner bait or, or a bladed jig or something just for that specific need to cover water. And covering water is important, obviously, you know, in, in, in an odds game for sure. But when you have fish that are kind of going all over the place, Covering water definitely means means quite a bit. Now, then the other half of it is a little bit later in the fall when, and I he threw out a number on this, and I'm not even going to say what that number is because I don't think the number necessarily matters. I don't think there's a magic number. I just think it's where you are, your environment, and when that trend starts to cool enough where instinctually these fish are just like, oh, winter's on its way. Now we need to feed up. Like it's more of just uh, something that that clicks on with them and then they just start feeding like crazy. So I'm not a hundred percent sure where Brady is in the country. He says on his Instagram, he's a mid mid Atlantic angler. I'm assuming he's a little bit further South than we are in Massachusetts. I'm not a hundred percent sure where he is, but you know, I think that maybe in that body of water that maybe you're just about where that, that, that changeover, that click is going to happen where they will start actually feeding. So I would say in the meantime, focus on, on covering as much water as you can. And I would also, if I could throw, if there was one tip, what I think that you should do is I think that you should consider the forage that you're out there uh, fishing. What's in the body water? What are they eating? So if it's a, an area where they feed on crawfish a lot, like, yeah, throwing a jig might be the move, you know, but if they're, let's say it's more bait fish driven, and bait fish, that's you can you can throw that all the time. What is the size that you're throwing? Are you throwing four or five inch swim baits, and you should maybe throw more like three inch to kind of make your bait sort of like fit the mold of what they're keying in on and what they're already feeding on. So I would just I would say look at those two things, and thank you for coming to my TED talk. That is what I would give you now. Brady had asked specifically for uh, the advice of uh, of Sean and Joe, so I will allow those two to go ahead and tell me where I messed up. I don't think you messed up. I think you, what you heard about fishing all over the water and using search baits is probably the best advice. Yeah, because when that turnover happens, um, those fish are everywhere. Now they can, now they don't have a thermocline. Now they can get to that 50 foot area and there's bait fish down there and they're dicking mm -hmm. around down there going after the bait fish. You never know. Um, as far as like this big explosive bite, man, I don't know. Like I've seen, I've seen what I thought, you know, I, I've, I've seen these, like these bursts in like late summer mm -hmm. at certain lakes. And then that lake won't respond in the fall like this huge feeding burst over like one or two weeks that a lake is just hot. Like yeah. you're, that lake's on fire. I've seen it at numerous lakes. And then other times that lake, that same lake, a couple of years later, all of a sudden it has a November bite that's fucking hot. And I'm not talking about like numbers of fish. I'm talking about numbers of big fish. Um, Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know what to make out of that. I think there's a lot more environmental factors that go in just besides the daylight and the temperature. Mm -hmm. I actually think there's a bunch of weather conditions that come in. I'm not saying fish can see the future, but they can feel things coming that we can't. 
And that might trigger them to bite and say, okay, I'm going to bite now. Mm-hmm. And then they're just so full. They actually do their fall eating in late summer. Yeah. You know, like that, I, that's just what I've seen over the years. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe I'm not hitting enough lakes in the fall. Maybe, maybe I'm too worried about basketball and fucking soccer right now. And then maybe 10 years from now, I'll have a whole different view on this. But right now, like that hot bite, I mean, it's pretty standard where you'll, where you'll see in the spring, right before 60 degrees, you'll get a huge bite of big fish. And then 60 degrees, it falls off because the fish are breeding. And then it'll mm. pick back up midsummer. And that's pretty standard. And then that late, that late summer, early fall is kind of always up and down for me. So I don't know what to say about the the the, the bite for that. I would suggest covering water, mm-hmm. exa- echoing exactly what you said. Use crankbaits, um, use top water, use stuff that's moving around and see where you go. Like, like just to illustrate what I'm saying about these these different bites um over the past month, so September, um, I've had two major, major bites. I had a day, I had a couple days uh, uh, in a row between Cape Cod and the, and the western part of the state where I got mm-hmm. a number of big fish that were voraciously hitting. Yep. And then also I had an earlier huge bite with pickerel over like a three-day span. Yep. Like those, I, I'm not going to see that for the rest of the year, but that's supposedly what a fall bite looks like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to say on that. Um other than just cover water, do your best, get, do your best to cover as much water and put as many baits as you can in front of fish. I mean, I don't, I do that anyways. So it's not any different for me. Yep. I'm still out covering water. That's just what I do. And then I focus and pull back with finesse when I feel I need to, but I'm always throwing crankbait, chatterbait, well, two different kinds of crankbaits, chatterbaits. And uh, if I need to slow it down and still cover water, jerkbaits. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think you got it, Bobby. Cover water. Fucking a, Joe. What do you? What do you? What do you, where do you weigh in? <clears throat> so I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give some a little bit different advice, um, and I'm gonna go by the fact that the the experience I just had, and mm-hmm. uh, assuming that he might be like closer to Mid Atlantic region, you know where I was. <clears throat> so that lake was in the. So that lake was in the middle of the transition. So what's yep. that mean? Obviously, we know that uh, basically that oxygenated water is kind of flip flopping with that non oxygenated water, and mm-hmm. until it settles and whatnot. Um, so with me, I kind of when I was down there, and that lake was in the middle of the transition. Uh, so first thing I'm going to tell him is look for that. Look, look for those signs that that water is transitioning. And again, I don't know if he's in a boat from the bank or whatever. Yeah. Look for those bubbles. The bubbles are going to be the telltale sign of, uh, you know, that that lake is in the middle of a transition. Joe, when you're just interrupt, when you're saying bubbles, are you talking a horizontal line or a vertical line? The vertical. vertical. Line. Okay. Vertical. So, <clears throat> so look for, and, and I'm, I'm kind of saying this in the aspect of maybe he's on the bank. It doesn't have, you know, any, any type of graphs or gotcha. anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, look for that. Look, look look for those signs that the lake's actually in transition. So for me, when I was down on Hartwell, um, when I was in the middle of the transition, search baits, yeah, I was catching some fish, small fish. Um, what I found out was that those bigger fish, those three-plus pounders, were sitting on the bottom. Um, maybe it's because that, that you know, they – that oxygenated water just kind of switched and that's where they wanted Mm -hmm. to be. And they were down the bottom. 
Um, but I was just, I was literally just dragging a jig up, up and down, up and down ba- uh, ledges. And, uh, that's where I started to hit my bigger fish. Yep. Um, when it comes to like largemouth and stuff like that, we all know that they tend to, once that lake flips, they tend to go into those small, um, you know, the fingers and those, those shallow spots, pushing up, up the bait creeks. and stuff like that. Yep. yep. So definitely look into those areas. Um, yeah, so it, it, it it's going to happen. Like, it's just about putting in the work, putting in the, mm-hmm. read up about it. You know, that I mean, that's how I figured out. I, you know, I read up about like what happens when ponds, lakes, reservoirs, whatever transitions. Look for those, know to look for those signs to see where you're at. No, if it's in the middle of transition, it's going to be tougher fishing, no matter what, no matter who's out there, it's going to be tougher fishing. Um, but, you know, the techniques that I, that I can give you are, you know, try to get into that deeper water. If that, you know, to see maybe that oxygen's a little bit uh, better down there, try to drag a jig, shaky head, even a net, anything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, if you think that, you know, that lake is already flipped or whatever, look, look for those large mouth and those, uh, in those fingers, those creeks back in, you know, back in those creeks where they can push bait and stuff like that. So I guess that's I guess that's the the tips that I can give for that. It is it is funny, man. I've heard a lot when it comes to fall, like oh, just chase the bait, chase the bait. And I mean that's kind of a no brainer. Like eventually, th- those bait are you know a predator is going to roll up on that 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 bait ball if you can find them. But that's part of yep. the issue is that they can go fucking everywhere. So if you oh, get yeah, a bunch yeah. of bait that are down low. You know, and they're just like, oh, shit, this is nice. Look at us down here, you know. And I believe when, when water temperature turns over, it, or, or not water temperature, when the water turns over, is it, does the temp also, like, kind of mix? So, y- yes, that's, I thought that was, it I know the oxygen, out, right? I, thought the, I thought the oxygen followed the temperature because, yeah, I think, think so. about it this way. When, when you're in the summer, yep. right? The cold waters, the coldest waters down at the bottom. Yep. The coldest mm-hmm. and least least oxygenated or non-oxygenated waters down yep. at the bottom. And that that layer of the, that that layer of cold water where it meets the warmer water that's oxygenated is your thermocline. That's You're going to see that on your yes. fish finder, right? Yep. So when that when the temperature starts cooling down and it flips. Yeah. So basically, you know, at some point you're going to have ice and that's your coldest water on the lake is yep. at your surface and your warm water is going to be down to the bottom. I, I thought that's where the oxygen spreads out and slowly starts dissolving that's, throughout yeah. the course of the winter because there's no plants there to replenish it. That's what it, that's ex- all, exactly what I thought. And all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But good. I thought, I thought, I thought I'm no biologist, but I thought that temperature led and oxygen followed. Yeah, no, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. It does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Fucking don't sue me. That's the thing, though. <laughs> the, but it, it, it's true, though, in the fall. Like, they can be anywhere, you know? And it's like, it's that's the frustrating thing is you got to find them. And especially, like, Joe, you nailed it. I didn't even consider that. I was like, if he's fishing from the bank, that could be a real challenge. You know, now, obviously, right. like, you know, rivers are a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's fishing rivers necessarily. That might be a whole other ball game. I have very little input that I could give for that necessarily, yeah. other than just be tenacious. Um, I I would also say that like I have gotten skunked uh, way more than three times in a row. Don't let it shake you, Brady. Don't don't let it shake you. I have gotten skunked for what like two plus weeks. 
And that probably would equate to like eight to ten trips. You just it's a mental game. Don't let it shake you. You'll you'll get on them. Trust me. You just gotta keep keep fucking around. Fuck around and you will find out. That is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I love it. No, this is great. If you guys have a, a question for us, you'd like to include it in just the tip or something, by all means, contact us on the hotline. Uh, or if you have an FTG that you'd like to submit. Speaking of which. Now, people take a look at my kayak. And they immediately are like, oh, that's a bass angler right there. They listen to this show, I mean, with our logo. And they're like, oh, this is a bass fishing show. You know, even though we do our part to really be as wide open with fishing. And, you know, I mean, we'll talk a little bit of everything. We'll talk a little bit of ice fishing. You know, we've had guests on in the past that that, that fly fish exclusively. Um, you know, we shit. I mean, we have the market cornered on the best multi-species scavenger hunt uh, really in the world. So mm. we try to be open when it comes to fishing. I am going to piss off so many fly fly anglers right now, um, and primarily the guides. <laughs> so I went to uh, the Swift on on Sunday, and uh, I was amazed at the traffic in this one uh, parking lot for the launch. And I mean, I was really, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of boats out there. For the amount of trailers that I saw, I was expecting to see way more boats. Now, there was a guide who was uh, setting some stuff up and and was waiting, I think, on, on a client to arrive or something. But there was another guide who had their, their raft in the water at the launch. And uh, I had waited until, you know, like they were going to leave. And I saw that, like, they were either waiting on somebody or something and, they weren't, you know, they weren't on their way. So I go and I walk my boat down to get everything ready. And they kind of take off with like, you know, you know how, how fly anglers kind of have that like snooty attitude. They look at you like, huh, that's not Orvis, you know, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? They get all like, mm, let's get away from this savage over here. So I, uh, I'm i like, okay, whatever. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to launch my boat. It's all going to be good. So I get out, uh, I get off of the launch and I am, I'm sitting in my boat and getting a couple things together, you know, dotting I's and crossing T's, making sure everything's all in order, made, made sure I got my identifier on and everything. And, you know, I, I go and, um, they start making their way, uh, making their way. Actually, no, they were, they were still up by the launch behind me. So I start going down river and, um, they come around and they're like, oh, we're coming up on your right. I said, okay, no problem. I stopped fishing, right? So I wouldn't cast and hit the, because it's pretty pretty tight back there. They come around on my right and they they go and fish in front of me, which is fine. Now I'm, again, I'm basically just floating. I'm going with the current for the most part, just kind of drifting down river. And I get to a spot where they decide and she drops anchor and she just holes up in this spot. And she has one angler fishing out of, one side of the boat, another angler fishing out of the other side of the boat, making it fucking impossible for me to go around them, you know? And I'm like, okay, this is fucked up. So I recorded a little bit of video venting my frustration. I was like, oh, yeah, we got an FDG coming up. See this little raft right here? This is some bullshit because way too narrow for that shit. And uh, I get it. Like, you're out there with a client, but, like, at the same time, you're on a public body of water with other anglers. Like, you've got to... 
that's not your fucking body of water to fucking commandeer everything right there in the, in the middle and be fishing both sides of your boat. So I'm kind of, I give it a few minutes and then I just say like, hey guys, you mind just give me a second. Let me cut around on your right and I'll be on my way. Um, so I, I eventually did speak up and, and, and make my way along. What was nice about this situation was it wasn't too much further down that I hooked into my first fish. Um, and they said this, they had been catching fish and, uh, I, I, you know, pulled off onto the, up, up on the bank, um, to bleed the fish out and everything. And basically to create room for other boats that were coming by to get, get past me, which worked out just fine. But that, that just fucking drove me bananas. So fuck that guide. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just remember, it's like, I get it. You're there, you're working. It's fine. But, but you're no more important than any other boat that's on the water. It's a public body of water. The other one and the little extra, and I feel like I missed the opportunity. It's kind of bothered me. I really should have like taken some pictures or something like that was at the launch. I saw another, I was actually, I just gotten in my truck. I just loaded everything up and I was about to back up and I had my foot on the brake and I had my parking, uh, uh, my foot on the brake and I just put the, the truck in reverse. So my rear view camera was on. I was looking at it and I heard something just like smash. I was like, what the fuck is that? I saw some guy in a white Tundra with a, 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 a utility trailer um, just fucking smash into this other boat trailer, like front head front end of his truck, just like bang. I'm like, what the fuck? Then I heard the girl that he was with go, wow, you're really good at that. And I looked out and I was like, do you know that guy? And he's like, no, 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 it's all set. It's fine. It's fine. I said, okay, fine. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I let, I waited, of course, I put my truck in park and I waited until he was way the fuck out of the way. And then I backed out of my space and pulled off because I know how to handle my fucking trailer. I can't fucking believe that shit. I was, I should have taken some pictures and fucking, you know, maybe asked around to see if, or, or whatever, or fucking seen if I could contact somebody like, cause that is fucked up. I've had people hit my trailer in the past and break lights. And, you know, I mean, they were at least cool enough to say like, Hey, I fucked this up or whatever. I think actually he left like 40 bucks under my fucking tires <laughs> to fix the light. Cause I told him, I'm like, I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to report this. Cause it's like a $30 fucking light. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to pay a $500 deductible for, for, for such and such. But yeah, it was like, God, fly anglers, check your fam. <laughs> they don't know how to act right. They don't know how to act right. Client or not, you know, you're out there working. You're, 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 you're teaching those future anglers really shitty habits, really shitty habits. So fuck y'all. Uh, now it's time to move on. Now, Sean is very excited about this next segment. So I'm just going to play this and then allow whatever to happen, happen as it does. Okay, gearheads, it's time to talk tools. Jigs and bigs gear of the week. For you WWE Attitude Era fans, I have one very familiar line for you guys. Devon, get the tables. I did a little table shopping this week. I decided that was a way to go with my, uh, my new native ultimates. I was going to put them up on folding tables to see how that would work in my garage so that they were 
pretty close to being in line with the, the, the tailgate of my truck so I could slide them in and out. And I did a little shopping over at the my, my, my local Home Depot. Easy slide. <laughs> yes. And I started poking around over there, and the stickers on the, the folding plastic tables, the ones that fold in half and they have metal legs, um, didn't have weight capacities on them. So I figured my kayaks are about 50 to 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Fully loaded, they're getting close to 100. Fully loaded with gear, we're talking, eh, worst case, 200 pounds. And I wanted at least a six-footer by three across, two of yep. them. Um, those tables had did end up having a capacity. The six-footers had a capacity of about 450 pounds. And then I looked at the eight-footers, mm-hmm. the eight-by-threes. The capacity on these tables said, and I quote the Home Depot website, 1500 pounds each. And I said, Oh, I gotta, I gotta see this. Even if it's half that I'll be fine. Oh yeah. And, uh, I picked up two of these eight footers. They were by uh life lifetime. Bobby was yep. the brand lifetime. Lifetime's I believe brand. they were 80 bucks a pop. I put them in my garage, lined them up, got the kayaks lifted up on them. No big deal. They're 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 there. We're not moving around. They're good. I went fishing the other day for that hour, and obviously it was raining really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Came home, and I had anywhere from five to ten gallons of water in the in the kayak because again, these are basically canoes. It is a lifestyle. I was, it is. I was able to. Oh, it's a lifestyle. It is lifestyle. Okay, I thought it was lifetime. It's not lifetime. Oh, canoeing. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you There's go. So many, ah. See, we got too many things with life in there. I got I got on a sidetrack. <laughs> Buy your jigglers at theories, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and. uh I slid that off of my truck onto the table. So 200 pound kayak plus God knows how much water. And instead of the table buckling, it stood still. And then Mm -hmm. I moved my kayak a little more to adjust it on the table. It actually took the table with it without the legs collapsing. So I really have nothing bad to say about these $80 folding plastic tables from Home Depot. If you guys need a table, whether it's for kayak usage Mm -hmm. or... Any of this other shit, I mean, name it, doing work on it, um, family functions, whatever. These things are fucking amazing. I'm, I was good. not expecting to broadcast my love of plastic tables today, but here we are. It's probably the most love that we're going to throw out because Lifetime does make kayaks, which is ironic. Oh, they do. Yeah, they oh, do. That makes Life, sense. Lifetime plastic, make, plastic makes kayaks as well. So it's like, I mean, it makes perfect sense. But I like, I, I love the fact that you you're using it in a way because I mean, an eight foot table is really perfect for pretty much any kayak. You know, if you're going to support any kind of a kayak, like an eight foot table is great because it'll lift it up high enough so that like if you're rigging, I mean, you're really like getting into the guts of this boat. It's a nice thing to have it up high enough where you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can just reach in. Like when my boat is on the trailer, it's so low, like I my back hurts. I'm leaning over and shit like that. But like to put it up like that for, for maintenance, especially off season, like if you're in New England like we are and you bring your kayak indoors and, you know, you're going to like maybe rig some new stuff up. Maybe you have plans for maybe you're throwing some, you know, forward facing sonar or something on there. You got a big wiring job. Picking it up like this is a good thing. And for the price, come on. 80, but what'd you say? 80 yeah. bucks? 80 bucks a piece. And my initial Fuck. plan was to put them perpendicular to the kayaks. Yep. And then when I saw the 1500 pounds, I said, well, fuck it. I'll just put one on each. Yeah. Instead of across. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm psyched. Uh, unexpected awesome. little find there that this, um, this works out. 
That is fantastic. How do you drain the water from from your kayaks? Like old fashioned, you just tip it over and dump it, or like how do you how if do you drain? Because you don't have both. scuppers, right? Yeah, no, there's yeah, there's no holes. Yeah. Um, I've done both. I flipped it over and I have a, a bilge pump, a handheld bilge pump. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I do both. Depends on where I'm at or what's going yeah. on. If you know, if it's um the end of a trip or whatever, and I've driven home in the rain, I have taken the time to just pull the kayak mostly out. I do mm-hmm. have a ladder rack in my truck and I flip it over so it doesn't hit the ladder rack. Yep. And then just pull the dra- pull the drain plug prior and it it'll pour out that drain plug. Oh fuck. It yeah. will pour out. Yeah. So nice. That's not too bad. I like I again I like these boats. Yeah. And um yeah. that's just there's no such thing as a perfect kayak. Yeah. Every kayak has a flaw. Yep. The flaw in these is there's no scuppers water. and you're gonna have to drain it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean yep. really at the end of the day your relationship to your boat, regardless what it is, that's, it's up to you, you know, and like what you uh, prefer and, and can deal with versus the other. That's awesome, man. That's a good piece of gear. I like that. I like that. That makes me feel good. It makes me feel all warm and tingly inside. Uh, do we have anything else? That's gear of the week. I mean, that kind of wraps things up, guys. Uh, let's go ahead. We're, we're just humming along here in segment number two. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back. We've got uh, Becca uh, fishing with Becca, uh, recapping uh, our last trip out together. Plus, we play overrated, underrated, overland edition. Um, She talks about some pretty amazing shit coming up that uh, she will be announcing on her channel very soon. Uh, Brand new build, brand new rig. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up shortly after that. You guys, don't go too far. We got much more Jigs and Bigs goodness with a special guest in the beef seat coming up right after this. Hey guys, Bobby Roast Beef here from Jigs and Bigs. You know, if there's one thing I can't stand spending money on, it's on something that's not versatile, something that I can't get a lot of use out of. I want to talk to you about Frost Buddy. What Frost Buddy is, is uh, it's one of those can coolers. I've seen these before. In fact, I have some that are limited to only fitting one specific size of can, like a standard 12-ounce can. I stumbled onto Frost Buddy, and I was blown away with it. So versatile. Fits standard cans, tall cans, slim cans, and even 12-ounce bottles. And the magic is the insert fits all of these items in various stages within the insert. And when you take that out, you can fit a full 16-ounce Tallboy can. In fact, it even doubles down on being versatile with the coffee lid. And on my recent trip to Chickamauga, I had a field day with this thing. I was throwing beer cans in it. I'd have coffee in the morning. On the drive, I was throwing in all different sizes of cans for different canned coffee products to keep me awake on the long drive back. It, the thing was amazing. So I recommend you check out Frost Buddy. If you're in the market for either a travel travel cup for your coffee or a can cooler at all, either one of those, check it out. For the money, you cannot go wrong. What I've done is this. In the show notes for this podcast you're listening to right now, if you look there, you'll find a link to Frost Buddy where you can get yours. And not only can you go and get your Frost Buddy there, but you can help out the show as well. Go and uh, visit that link in the show notes to this podcast. Check out a Frost Buddy. Tons of colors, tons of patterns, all kinds of great stuff. And it's a great spot to put your jigs and big sticker too. Take it from me, Bobby Roast Beef. You're going to get the most versatility out of this one product, probably out of anything you're ever going to buy, especially for anything that you're drinking. Frost Buddy. It works for me. I'm a happy guy.
Jigs and Bigs is your favorite fishing podcast, right? Why not show the world how much you love the show while directly supporting us? We have men's and ladies shirts, hoodies, and a variety of hats. We even have a waterproof outdoor Bluetooth speaker so you can listen to your favorite podcast while out on the water if you like. Check out jigsandbigs.com slash shop to visit the store and gear yourself up. If you really can't get enough of this show, consider becoming a jig head and joining our Patreon. It's a subscription that gives you exclusive access to recording sessions that allow you to engage with us as we record the show. We also have some exclusive content there just for our jig heads and even have some special promo codes. Space is limited, so join now at jigsandbigs.com. Finally, if you're local to our area in Western Massachusetts, consider checking out the Western Mass Fishing Report posted weekly at northeastwildwoman.com. We have amazing contributors providing great content and info for local conditions and what's been going on and working recently. Jigs and Bigs, so much more than just two lightly roasted hippies trapped in the 90s arguing on the internet about fishing. Alrighty guys, Bobby Roastbeef back here with another episode of Jigs and Bigs. This week we have another returning guest. Uh, we've got Fishing with Becca with us. Um, post her big send out to uh, the western part of New York uh, to do a little bit of salmon fishing, um, which our, her journey started with our little camping trip. Becca, it's good to have you back on. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. Um, things have th- we things have happened. I know you and I talked a bit when we were on that camping trip about how my uh, my goal was to get uh, some gear together so I could bring my wife Holly out into the outdoors and everything. And it's funny she actually saw the video that you had put out uh, about the, that covered our trip when we had gone out. And yep. I, f- I feel like she's kind of looking forward to it. So when I got back, I I. I I bit the bullet and uh, I I ordered a ground tent, a sizable ground tent, <laughs> and I yep. ordered two cots. Um, I just I ordered all this stuff uh, from from Dick's actually from Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, they have the best shipping. <sighs> they really do. Like they were uh, underrated. Yeah, big time, big time. Like I was blown away how fast this all got here, and the tent especially because it was significant. It's a six person tent, and it's one of those like. I think they call it like a sky lodge or something like it's got the poles Ooh. that are sewn into it. You just basically extend them out and you're set up like nice and easy. But I got these two oh, cots awesome. and and that was the killer. I was like, I if she has a, a, a spot where she's comfortable sleeping, we'll be good to go. So I ordered these suckers and I got like the Magnum ones. They're huge. And I'm like, so she can spread out. Everything's great. You know, I'm like, there's no, I mean, they're not big enough for the both of us to sleep on. But so I have two of them and. I got these and I didn't get uh, sleep pads or anything with them. I was like, we'll see what happens with just the cot, which she thinks. So I said, they're it. pretty comfortable. They honestly. really are. They really are. And I don't even know if you need a sleeping pad. I usually don't use one unless when I'm ice camping, yeah. I, I'll put one under, but for warmth. And that's it. Yeah. More to give you like an, an additional layer of insulation, which totally makes sense. Yep. So yep. I was like, oh, we'll fool around with this. We'll see what happens. So I set the thing up and I get on it first. And I'm like, see, it's sturdy, it's stable. It's all good. Why don't you climb yep. on? She got on there with both dogs, and and I I am not bullshitting you when I say that this woman took a ninety minute power nap, <laughs> straight up just fell asleep. Like the snoring, like like ridiculous. And oh, she's she's ready. Then. Yeah, she's ready. So we uh, I we booked a, a one nighter uh, using Hip Camp. 
uh, up in Vermont. <laughs> so we're going to go Heck and yeah. give it a send. Yeah, we're going to see see what it's all about. I already I pre-ordered firewood and everything, so we're good to go. And we're going to cover some of, the, some of the stuff that she and I had talked about, but it's happening. It's game on. Um, Dude, Lila was watching. The, we we watched a video last night because mm-hmm. uh, uh, we got kicked off of Netflix and Hulu. We have nothing. So we have just been watching YouTube and she was like, all right, let's watch your new video. I don't enjoy watching my video, like rewatching them again and again mm-hmm. and again. But we were watching them. We watched a video of us and Lila was like, oh, I want to go camping with him. Like, we should all go camping. And I'm like, yeah. he's getting stuff ready for him and his wife. He's going to get a system dialed and we'll be out there. We're it, it's, it's happening. And the, the kicker is so we can't bring Hudson for this one. Because she yep. she wants to bring Eleanor, the little gray, derpy, <laughs> like which, which I think is kind of good because she, Eleanor is Try it a, out. she's a lap dog, she's a snuggler, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that'll kind of be nice for her, like she can snuggle up with a book and the dog, and where we're at, of course, there's a pond, so I'll go and do a little bit of fishing. You know, she doesn't give a shit about that, but it should be interesting. Fingers crossed that it's all good. But what what is also nice is that now I've got this gear that I can utilize for all these other trips. Like I've got a whole group of friends that are like, oh, it's pretty cool. You go out and do these trips like the Moosehead trip and stuff like that, which I got to send you the pin for that. I keep forgetting to. After we're done we gotta here. We got to do it. Yeah, I'm sending you the pin for that because you got to. When it gets a good ice, we should ice fish it too. Fuck, we should. I heard it sucks to ice fish, though. I heard it sucks. Well, like, it's so hard because, like, if you don't know what you're doing, you're not catching anything. And that's exactly it. Like, you know, I wonder if there's any ice guides. Oh, oh, for there. sure. There's got to be. Moosehead? Yeah. There's got to be. There's got to be. Oh, yeah. I'm sure if I Google it right now, there'd be one or two. It's probably going to be frozen next week. No, that's no. That's an ex- that's an exact. Have they hit for freezing? I don't know because all next week it's forties near me. It, it is, yeah. But I have a feeling it's going to be icing up soon. Like, oh, I do too. I think yeah. it's going to come fast and hard, and I don't care. I'm excited. Yeah, I know you're stoked. You're stoked for ice fishing. <laughs> um, man, I gotta tell you, like. So let, let's let's kind of go over a couple of the things that you because you've got a lot going on right now. I mean, obviously, yeah. like you're living in like your favorite season right now. This is like your yep. time. And I mean, let's be honest, your content now has involves a lot of camping and this is prime camping weather. Yep. you know, the bugs die down. That's yep. always a plus. And you Not know, sweating at night. Yeah, you can a light sleeping bag. It's great. It's great. Oh, that oh, it's was so lovely. That's the other thing that I picked up, Becca, was a uh, cold uh, weather sleeping bag. What company? A Coleman. Okay, yep. I have one Coleman, and I'm I'm an okay fan of it yeah. as long as it's not the one that I can't. If you said it, I would remember. Was but it Quest? There's a few. No. No. All right. There's a few sleeping bag companies out there that are just. Oh my God, they should not be priced the way they are. <laughs> so like I, I'm one of those folks that like, even in cold weather, like I've camped with you in December and Todd in January. And then we got yep. to like single digits and I was like, uh, you know, I got a summer sleeping bag and I'm one of those people where like, even in, you know, when we were fishing, when we were uh, camping on the Cape, like I would just wear a base layer and I was fine in that sleeping bag. Yeah. So I really only kind of needed something that was like a 30 degree bag. Cause I'm not looking to like be boiling inside that bag. Cause that's counter. I'm a hot too. sleeper anyway. Yeah. Like I, I, we keep our apartment 
cold when I'm home. Yep. Like cold. This is uh, it's funny because this is my favorite time of the year for that game. Like I like to wait until everybody's like, hold on, wait a minute, are we not going to turn the heat on this year? What's going on? And then I'm yep. like, oh, it's yeah, that's right. Thanksgiving was a week ago. I guess we can click this sucker <laughs> on. I I love the longer in the year I can go, I feel like it's that much more of a win. And I'm here for yep. it. Yeah, I really am. Uh- I'm on I'm I'm on your side on this one for sure. But you've got some good shit coming here that's like big announcements like kind of about yeah. to happen. Yeah. Now I know obviously like you want to kind of keep things on the wraps because we've got you've got a full like announcement video coming soon about this. But what can you tell us about what is on the docket for you as far as like trips or maybe gear or anything like that that you want to kind of like let us know about? All right, we got the new camping rig. I'm actually, so I have an appointment on the 20th to completely destroy my truck camper. Like, really? take it out, take off the truck cap, everything. Are, are you going to do a video of this? I have to, yeah. Yes. You know, the, so let's, the, the people, they're called Cap City, and they're just like a mm-hmm. cute mom and place in, in Warwick, Rhode Island. And um, they, when I broke my window, on my truck cap, they helped me for That's free. Right. I remember that. When I needed to install my solar panel, they helped mm-hmm. me for free. They're just lovely people. So I messaged yeah. them on Instagram because they all follow me, all the workers. They're so cute. And I was like, will you uh, take my truck cap off for me? Um, I have like a new rig coming in, so I'm getting rid of this one. And if you don't mind, like, can you sell it for me? And like, if you, I, I want you to keep the profit because like, yeah. you guys have helped me. And oh, they were like, awesome. "Yeah, oh, we'll sell it for you, but we're not keeping the profit." So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my hardest because I really, even if I sell it for, you know, I got it brand new for twenty five hundred. If I can sell it for bare minimum, like a grand, mm-hmm. I, I at least want to give them half because they've yeah. just been so incredible. Um, but yeah, so I'm getting that. That's the twentieth, which I'm, I'm very excited about. Completely just taking everything and gutting out the truck. Um, freaking crazy and then my new rig i'm picking up the 27th so that's Shit. huge and i already have a diesel heater ordered i'm getting oh, a diesel heater put in you're not fooling around yep yep i'm not no i'm not i'm dude things are gonna get crazy i'm gonna have a diesel heater and a camper i'm gonna have a an oven a propane oven in the yep. camper um that's good. I'm going to build the whole thing, but yeah, it's gone down. It's gone down. I have a massive Amazon shopping cart right now. I believe it. With with way too much money. It's literally called V3 Camper, like version three camper. Oh, that's and like awesome. my Amazon list. Yeah. And it's just loaded with stuff, man. It is because I like to see the numbers. I'm like, okay, sure. I want this, this, and this in the camper. Yeah. So what if I, because I'm building the camper um, and then just like, seeing how much visually it's going to cost and then also insulation wood stain all that bullshit it's going to be it's going to hurt it's going to hurt that's wild i'm so excited but it'll be it'll be good have you seen have you seen what i did to the tiny house i've seen some of it like i've seen what you put out for videos like how i haven't mm, i i think i think you showed me some stuff that maybe you didn't put on Instagram maybe was there paint involved here I'm going to show you this yes yes yeah that's wild yeah, we it looks a, awesome uh, dude it looks sick so uh, then I have the tiny house redo coming 
Um, so new camper, tiny house redo, mm-hmm. building the new camper. Um, my truck's in the shop right now, which yeah. is fantastic. What's going um, on? Lila took my truck the other day and she was like, oh, it's kind of acting weird. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like I've been driving it. I just got home from New York. Yeah. I mean, I just drove it straight six hours or seven, whatever it was. I was like, you're fine. And she was like, okay. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. And then a code starts popping up in the screen. Uh, and I was like, oh, shoot. So then I drive it for a couple of days. Uh-huh. And it's just like having a real hard time shifting gears and stuff. So I go and I, I get the code reader again, uh-huh. oil change, air filter, the bare minimum, just get stuff changed, still acting weird. And then the code reader said something about um, a solenoid transmission part. You hear the word transmission, you better be shit in your pants. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just dropped, I dropped my truck off. What's today? I dropped off Wednesday mm-hmm. and they called me and they're like, we can't find what's going on with it. So if you don't mind, like I'm going to drive the truck home. These people are incredible. They're okay, like, we're going to drive your truck home for the night. I live 30 minutes away. Yep. So 30 minute drive there, 30 minutes drive home and I'll, I'll just to see what's up. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like trust this dude with my life. Do of what course. you got to do yeah, for yeah. my truck. He said, he called me like an hour ago and he was like, um, yeah, so I drove fine last night and then I couldn't go over like 40 on the highway. I was like, oh, that's weird that it hasn't happened to me. And he said that there's like, it's not shifting gears and it's staying in fifth gear. Uh, so really? sounding pretty, pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, yes, yes, and no. It could be something as simple as a sensor that they can switch. Yes, like it's not, exactly. you know, but it could but also the, be. He already a priced out. Yeah, he priced out how much it's. So right now, it's already at seven hundred to get to the transmission to replace the part and yep. then whatever. So, and then he said, if that's not the thing that's wrong, then we do have to go further. Like it's just seven hundred dollars on top of whatever else is going to be. Else it is so there's not. a. Yes, there's a potential for it to be a way pricier uh, number than I want it to be. So just, of course, the one month that this can't happen either. It's going to happen two months ago. And I've been like, okay, whatever. Nothing too crazy going on this month. Take my truck. We'll make it work. Exactly. But now. Yeah. Dude, my life this month is crazy. I can't. Like, I. this is one of the crazier months. And, of course, everything's just going. Jeez. I can't even imagine. Oh my god. Yeah. That's rough. So so you're just what's your what's your plan? Are you you're just going to fix sitting, it, right? Waiting duck. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I luckily at the video that I I'm filming tomorrow, I don't mm-hmm. need my truck for. That's good. But I have like maybe 3 more hours of work on the tiny house that I do need my truck for. Yeah. And I I want to just finish that video and get it out because I'm so freaking excited about it. So I hear that. I, I just hopefully I get my truck tomorrow. If not, it's going to be like Monday or Tuesday, yep. and Becca will be poor again. <laughs> it's all it's all, you know what I mean. It comes and it goes. It's all ebbs that, and flows. Yeah. Well, did I tell you? Um, I just my car from Florida, my grandma's car that I uh-huh. had. Yeah. I just had to replace the radiator. Oh, for real? So having two cars sucks yeah you think it's because you're you're right you're right because now you have two vehicles that you need to maintain you know yeah the it, radiator completely blew and went really just replaced that that was like uh 600 
Jesus. And then you got to fill up that gas tank and my truck's gas tank. Yeah. You know, if anyone thinks it's cool having two cards, it's really not. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Don't recommend. I Just stick with one. My goodness. Well, I mean, you know, the, the, on the bright side, you do have this new rig that's coming and lots of amazing trips lined up, which I think is freaking yep. unbelievable. You have anything that you want to mention as far as, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you've got, you're working on some ice fishing trips, if nothing else, going up to Maine, uh, northern New Hampshire, stuff like that. But is there anything else that you have planned that, that you're looking forward to as like a highlight? Oh, highlight. I don't know if there's necessarily a highlight just yet because uh -huh. everything's so up in the air, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I want to, I want to be up in Canada in a certain part, yeah. like, uh, it's about two hours North of Toronto. There's a uh, friends up there that I might make a really long trip up to and nice. do some crazy stuff. But that's, that's one thing I'll say I think is going to actually happen, but ice fishing so up in the air because last winter was terrible, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. The ice was horrendous. Which is crazy we'll when you're like, oh, it's Canada, you know, it's just all yeah, ice. I know, but even Canada struggled last summer, yeah. uh, last winter. It's freaking bananas. It's bananas. I want a real winter. I want to freeze. I yep. want to freeze to death and complain that I'm cold and then I'll be happy. A true New Englander right there, you know, oh, drink oh. my drink, my iced coffee in a blizzard. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so you recently caught your first salmon, which yeah. is kind of cool. Right and that and, was unreal. And got assaulted by a salmon at the same time. Straight uh, up assaulted. Yeah, that no was consent. Yeah, that was messed up. <laughs> it was yeah. messed up. That thing smacked the shit <laughs> out of you. Didn't, you didn't. So you can't see it in the video, but that fish, the salmon that was jumping out of the water, hit that hit me. The guy directly across on the other side of the river was hooked onto that fish. He was oh, fighting that fish. Okay. So. It jumped like in front of me a couple times. I think I might have put that clip in and you could see it jump in front of me. Okay. And the guy's screaming like down the middle, fish on. And I'm just sitting there with my rod out of the water because I'm like trying to like see where the fish is. Mm -hmm. But he's with a fly rod. So his fly rod, you can't, no, you can't tell yeah. where the line is yeah, at yeah. all. I'm like, shit, I don't know where it is. So that's why I'm not even fishing. And I'm just like this. You can't tell. But I'm like, oh, my God, where is it going to come? Right there, right in my face, dude. It was so funny. Because you just stopped talking. Like, you're, like, <laughs> kind of narrating and dictating the video, like, what's going on? And then out of nowhere, you hear, like, this splash. It breaches yep. the water, and then you're silent. <laughs> and I was like, Cause I'm what like, the fuck? What the fuck, dude? That was so rude. <laughs> you know, it did. It did give me a little bit of uh, deja vu. I felt like I was watching uh, that video when you and Weston Smith were fishing for catfish. <laughs> Dude, how, did, how does that happen to two, two times to one person? And what the hell? Didn't he make an edit with some Gwen Stefani song? <laughs> Something uh, like that? This my shit. Oh, girl. Uh, like this. Ain't no Oh, my girl, God. That, that was so fucking funny. Man, oh. I got a blue catfish and a landlocked salmon that slapped the bitch slapped me in the face, yeah. and uh, you know, that's <laughs> I'll put that on my resume any day. <laughs> now, those salmon that are in the river that you're catching, they're dying, like they're on their way. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, the females go up, and once they lay their eggs, that's that's it. That's their purpose in life, and they're done. They they're start completely decaying. Done. Yeah, it's crazy because they yeah. some of those the one that you you held up. No, 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 no. I don't even think it was that. I think it was another one. Really looked like it had like like 
pieces of it were falling off. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sad because a lot of these, like, I didn't go prime time. I think this mm-hmm. week is when it's like the most prime time to fish for them. Yep. But there's, the fishing's going to get crazier there. And a lot of times you catch so many in a day, you just wait until you catch one that looks the healthiest to bring home. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the guy, Greg, that handed me off his rod, he said that last year, one of the days it was like 30 plus fish and he just kept letting them because you can only keep three per person per day. I oh, think. wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of rules. Um, but yeah, he was like, I just only kept the ones that didn't look like they were dying. Yeah. He's like, oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. When you think about it, you're like, wow, nature really is fucking just rough. Like that's it. But then it's like, it sucks because it's like, yes, there should be a limit, Yeah. but you're releasing a fish to die that's no matter the, what. That's the whole thing. It's like, really, why, it's hard. why are they limiting? You know what I mean? It's, 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 a it's, it's tough. I guess you have to sustain the, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, but then I did, I caught a male. Oh, really? The one I, yeah. The one that I caught was a male. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's males mixed in too. So, but not, you can't regulate by gender of a fish, you can yeah. only keep female, you know? So I guess it's hard. Oh, for know. sure. That's, that's nuts, man. Yeah. That is, oh. that, that is one. And I do love how on the second day, like when you went down there and recognized a bunch of the same people, like you walked it down, down to that spot and you were like, Oh, Hey, how you doing, Greg? What's up, homies? How you doing? I was just yeah. like, she's fitting right in. This is great. And it was, Oh it was my like, God. Uh, I didn't put this dude in you. I mean, you saw him for like maybe 0.3 seconds, but there was this guy that Greg, brought with him and he's i mean i'm not gonna throw too high of a number but he was definitely a way older gentleman and he just looks like your classic like badass fisherman yeah like he knows what he's doing he's not even fishing he's just sitting on the rock because like fuck it you know he's, he's just been so, there he's before one of those guys. yeah yeah it's just another day and obviously i'm like so intrigued by him so i start talking to him and he lived in the middle of nowhere alaska for over 20 years oh really yeah, and that's he hardcore. is like so. That's why the salmon fishing is just like, eh, that was my backyard type yep. of thing to him, you know. No um, but he was one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Everyone oh. that I met that trip was so kind. That's awesome. That is that's part of I think I think that's one of the coolest things about when you do these trips and you go and you meet folks. That either, like, it might be a situation where, like, you know them from the comments of your videos and your paths cross, or, like, in this situation where it's just absolutely random. And, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's the best about the fishing community as a whole is that anything goes. You know, we can all kind of, like, you can meet somebody and, you know, you could be fast friends within a 15-minute conversation. You know what I mean? And it's just such a good I didn't even know Greg's name. I, it's crazy. He, he handed me the rod and I didn't even know his name. <laughs> and you were like, no, 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 that's your fish, man. I don't want to take it. And he was not taking no for an answer. He was, he was, the drag was peeling and he was like, here yeah. you go. Oh. Here you go. I'm like, dude, stop. So sh- I feel bad. I'll share a story with you about drag peeling from this week. And it involves, um, well, no, the same body of water. I was throwing uh, a, a bait, uh, a Guggen bait, a snacky swimmer that was just killing Hell it. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I managed to, in the nationwide multi-species scavenger hunt, I managed to pick up a point, multiple points actually using that. But, um, I, I was, I was out on this one body water looking for pike 
And I don't know if I sent you the picture of the pike that I caught. I caught one that was about 19 inches. And yeah. there's my point for pike. Awesome. Caught it on a bladed jig, like this Picasso shock blade. I've never thrown a bladed jig that like literally like I felt like I had like Parkinson's like like dragging this <laughs> vibrating your whole shaking. body. I'm like, holy Jesus. And uh, so I catch this one pike. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, earlier on, I was throwing a, a, a four inch swim bait and I have this huge smallie that just followed it right up to the boat and then just took right off. And I was like, what is it about that? Let me go back to that mentality and see what we can do. So I threw a little finesse jig. I don't know if I showed you these finesse jigs. I have one, an old one that just put in work. It caught like two dozen fish and it like the tip of the hook is just dulled down enough. I was like, I'm retiring it. I hung it from my mirror in my truck. Right. There you go. Little three sixteenths ounce jig with these. And normally I rig it with this uh, small crawl from riot called the tantrum things. Oh, yeah. Insane. But I instead I put a three inch uh, paddle tail on here. I'm like, well, let's downsize this a little bit and see what we come up with. I hooked into a pike that was longer than my catchboard. My catchboard is 26 inches. This thing was easily over 30. It was huge. And like thick boy. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. giant biggest. Now my PB pike prior well, was the 19. The 19 I, 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 I is my new PB pike. Uh, my previous one is like 14 inches. Like it was a baby. And yeah, hey, they're all fun though. Oh yeah, they're a blast. But I get this fish up to the boat. First off, I'm hearing my my reel, my spinning reel make sounds like I have never heard. Like the way <laughs> this drag was just ripping. And I was like, all right, so I'm incrementally like trying to tighten it. He brings me down into some kind of cover. And I think he's probably trying to go for the weed edge and and break me off there. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just keep enough tension. So see what happens. And eventually he takes off and makes another run for it. I'm, you know, cranking down on my drag a little bit, a little bit at a time, not too much, because this is one of my finesse rods. And I'm cranking this fish back up. I get him up to the boat and he bites me off on the freaking on my leader. Like rod doubled, doubled over. I'm reaching for the net. I'm holding the rod back here to keep tension and I'm reaching yeah. for the net. And as I go to swing the net over, bink, he just goes right back down. I was like, you son of a bitch. Oh, oh that's, that's like the worst it feeling. Was, yeah, it was terrible. I'm like, this thing easily would like, this was easily a size of fish where I was not going to measure this fish in my kayak. I was going to get it in the net and then pedal over the bank and then measure them on the bank do it the right yep. way. I'm like, oh my God. So now, now I think I got the pike bug. I want to go out there again, even though I've already. I'll do it. There's a, yeah. there's so many places that you could go and catch a big pike. Too. Oh yeah. I've, They're there. I have, uh, there is a local spot nearby where we camped actually not too far. And I mentioned this to you actually about carp fishing this spot. Um, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know you're talking about this. Yep. This lake is slowly becoming one of my favorites. In the entire state. Is that state. where you just is that where you just went? Yeah. And lost that one? Yep. That's where I just lost that one. And where I got that gotcha. that smallmouth. I went on Wednesday, totally different conditions, no wind at all. And I was fishing a drop shot and I had a little two inch snacky swimmer on there. And I've got to order some more because they're freaking putting in work. Like, oh, they're killing it for even for ice fishing too, yeah. for uh lake trout. Ooh. Oh, I'll bet you that's insane. Yeah, I, yeah. I killed it last winter on Lake Trout on those. Oh. Huh. I know I they also have like baits, man. that 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 snacky sized fluke as well, which I think yep. might be insane as well, like to boot. 
honestly, I, I'd like to take that and throw it on. There's this jackal uh, little micro bladed jig. It's super small. Yep. It's like an eighth ounce. It's so tiny, but it just, it hums in the water. It is so like the, it's such a high frequency vibration. Like it's, it's, it's un, uh, otherworldly, but yeah, that, like a tiny fluke like that would be the perfect trailer. Perfect. I wish I'd made them way sooner. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I can't, they're coming out with an inline spinner probably in a couple months yep. and I'm so excited for it. I was the one advocating for it. And they were like, why would we do an inline spinner? And now they're making one yeah, two years later. <laughs> always the way it is. They're like, you know what? She probably had a good idea. She, she wasn't that wrong. That's Shoot, what maybe I'm saying. she should come back from meetings. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I think we should uh, play a little game. Like, is well, it last, my favorite? It is your favorite. Last time we had you on, we played uh, Overrated, Underrated, which is nothing original, but tons of podcasts do this. But we did Canada edition because it was hot off the heels of your Canadian trip. Yep. Now we're gonna play truck camping edition, overrated, underrated, <laughs> and and oh I, yeah, I have a list of some stuff that I went and I put in here. And uh, what I want to do is I'll, we'll go through these, you know. But if you have some stuff that you want to throw out at me, I'm more than into answering your quest, your topics for overrated, underrated. So okay. let's go ahead. We'll get started. Overrated or underrated? And this one's going to be controversial because it's one of the first things people think about when they think camping with their vehicles. Hold Re on. I'm putting, I have one in my notes. I need to put one in my notes before I forget in case okay. you don't say it. No, nope, perfect. Perfect. Oh, 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 I almost said it out loud. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I got mine just in case you don't say it. All right. Go. All right. First one. Everybody thinks about this. It's the, probably the most Instagrammed thing when it comes to truck camping or overlanding. Rooftop tents. Ooh. Ooh, that's so hard. Because you fucked around with a rooftop tent before. Like, albeit, I'm, albeit, I think, comically. But you did. <laughs> yes. I'm, gonna, I'm going to say overrated for the price purpose. Gotcha. I think they are so overpriced, it's almost disgusting. And yeah. there is budget-friendly options out there. Mm -hmm. but they don't get the love that they deserve. Like, no. iCamper? No. No, you'll never catch me spending money on that. Sorry, well, iCamper, if you wanted to work with me. It's, it, I can't do that. What There's are those no way. In, in the ballpark of, like, 3500 bucks or something like that, aren't they? They have a they have one for over four grand. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. There's just no reason for it. If they were more affordable, I'd be like, hell yeah. The, the, I mean... Go for it. But I do think they're a little overrated. Just throw a tent on the ground at that point if you're going to spend that money. So that's crazy. I feel like I'm, I'm with you as far as the overratedness. Like I get the there is a benefit of of I know I don't know with all of them if this is the case, but there are some where you can have all of your bedding and everything in there. And when it's and close closed it up, up, yeah, you're all set. So you can get there and, and flip the, the hatches open and it opens up and your 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 sleep situation is good to go. You're set. I get that. The problem is, like, if you want to drive <laughs> anywhere, now you have to tear down camp in order to go do yeah. that. You know, yep. so it's it's to me, it's like it's one of those things. I'm like, not necessarily for everybody every time, you know, per se. Yeah. But I also think like there are plenty of folks that I'm finding that they'll they'll, they'll truck camp 
with their families and they're like, yeah, we're going to put our kids in the rooftop tent because then exactly. it gets yeah. them, it gives them something. Oh, they're, it's exciting. They're sleeping on the truck, you know, such and such. And they can handle it. I like, think there's, I think like personally, would I want one? Yeah, mm-hmm. because they're cool, but I just can't get with the price. I don't hate them though. I love them. And the time that I like did, bought a tent and threw it up on my roof yeah. was so much fun. Oh, it sure. is a very cool experience, but Lower the price. Now, I I would say this. I would buy one. Um, I just wouldn't put it on my truck. I would put it on a trailer. Trailer. Where trailer. I would put it on my kayak yeah. trailer. Really is what I would do. And and that's cool because then I can use the trailer as base camp. You know. That's badass. Yeah. You know that that I I would fool around. Plus, it's also not as high up and everything. I don't know. I just I just I I kind of think they're a little. I would bit do overrated. that too. All right. So we're gonna say overrated rooftop tents. Next Sorry, one, guys. and we kind of just talked about this, overrated or underrated, uh, having multiple sleeping bags. Oh, underrated. You need the, the amount of times when I first started camping, I was mm-hmm. so uncomfortable because I only had like my negative 30 and it would be like 20 degrees out and, you'd be and I have my negative 30 and I'm, I'm, sw- I'm uncomfortable. Like sleeping bags aren't crazy universal with temperatures yeah. at all. Like once they say this is the low, like keep it in that area type of thing. Cause camping got so much better for me once I invested into, I have four right now. I have like a negative 30, a zero degree, uh, a 20 degree. And then my uh, summer one. And that's all I need. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But you got to have, you have to have multiple for sure. I would say honestly, like at least two, one for yeah, minimum for sure. Yeah. One for those extreme cold situations and then another one. It, so I would definitely say underrated for sure. And I think, yeah. I think it was that one, one outing in February when I was like, I don't know that I'm prepared. For you this. got humbled. Yeah. I was like, I, yeah. this might not be so good. And you know, I mean, if I had the appropriate battery system, I would have just left my uh, electric blanket on all night you know yeah you one. just need a you need to invest in a really good like negative 30 yeah and then like have one that for like between zero degrees and 20 and then the rest just use a heated blanket mm-hmm. if you have that if not bundle up in a wool blanket baby yep yep oh yeah and that's it that's a big deal so you could get away with two for sure yeah yeah, it is good to also just have options, you know, and if you're like, yeah. oh, wow, yeah, my 30 degree bag just isn't really necessarily cutting it. Well, maybe put your 30 degree bag into your summer bag and then yep. you kind of double you got it up. Double. You at least have the ability to fool around with some stuff. Um, yep. I had asked uh, Fletcher from All Things Overland uh, in a recent episode about um the bougiest piece of equipment he uses and this is actually a question that came up on our trip i was like i think that's a good idea because i said mine was easily that coffee grinder because <laughs> there's no real yeah. need for that but 100 that coffee grinder is my bougiest piece of equipment that i bring out there yeah he said it was his jet boiled genesis and i put on this overrated underrated not just the genesis because i think the genesis is like next level but jet boils in general, like you see overrated. everybody use them overrated. Really? Have you seen those prices? I have. And that's I have one for $20 that yep. does the same exact thing. Oh, so you do have one of the knockoffs. Why am I going to go spend There's, well over? I don't blame you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't blame you at all, girl. You go. I, I get it. I just saw a company advertising one and I was like, wait a minute. How are they selling this for like 30 bucks? And I was like, because you got to be kidding me. 
dude, it's I sometimes I look at these prices because people who camp mm-hmm. will buy it, and it's just like I see a camping pillow for thirty bucks. Yeah, like I'm gonna go to Walmart and buy a five dollar pillow. Like, well, do you uh, really have a need to boil water in like ninety minute, ninety seconds? Like, I think that's. I don't know if it's Not that really. fast, but like, I mean, I just, I just don't know. And I've got stove options. Like I come way over prepared in terms of stoves, but like the maybe jet I need stuff, to use one to see, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm missing out on something, yeah. but I get turned off by overpriced shit. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. I think the, the jet boil also like, like you can only do so much with it. Like it's great for, yep. Boiling soups, water to coffee. make coffee, soups, heating things up like that for like one serving or something. But I feel like after that, it, you kind of lose limited. A, yeah, that's the whole thing with me. Versatility is a huge thing. So like you get into the jet yeah. boil, like the Genesis, that's next level. I, I do see spending the money on that being worthwhile because it's modular. Yeah. You can grow with it. You can make changes. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll call that one overrated. I'll go overrated on that one. Now yeah. That, this one, this is a pet peeve of mine. I think this is the dumbest thing ever. Five pound propane tanks. Not, <laughs> not the one pound and not the 20, but the five pound propane tank. Oh, I think I'm going to say it's underrated because it is at the end of the day cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. So for that, I would say that um, I think they're obnoxious, but you can't just use one of those one pound propane tanks to go, go out ice fishing. You, like if I'm ice camping, that's lasting me three, four hours and I'm waking up freezing to death. I yeah. have to have the big one, you know? So, so there's so many times where I just need the bigger one. My, my only thing with the five pound ones is I, I look at it like this. If you're going to carry that five pound tank, mm-hmm. figure out how to make it work to just carry a 20 instead. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, this is, this is my thinking is that it is way easier to find propane that I'm just exchanging a tank for than it is to find a spot where I'm going to refill, you know? Yeah. And, you know, even if you refill your own, like you have a hundred pound tank at your house and you fill up that five pound or 20 times or something like that. Like I get it. It's it's sort of like the best of both worlds. Like the one pound. Oh wait, tanks. is the green ones five pounds? No, the green ones are one pound. The uh, so you you're asking about the five. Are you asking about the? Is that what I bring ice fishing? No, no, no. You've got it's it's uh, all right. So the big one. Google. Like if you go to if you go to a local convenience store or or a stop and shop near you, and you get propane there, they're gonna give it to you in a tank that's a twenty pound tank. But okay, so I like the twenty pound tanks. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. That's what I. I've never even used a five pound. The five. Just, just go to a twenty. That's that, stupid. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I feel like okay f- for the the amount of time that you're gonna use this, you get one for the year. You're probably good. You know, for the oh, most yeah. part. Like I think a twenty pound tank is is just the way to go. The five pound stuff. I get that it travels nice. You know, and you can there's mounts you can put them up on your roof rack and stuff like that. I get that. Yeah. But like at the same time, if you can make room for that five pound tank, you know, and the just the, do the twenty. Just do the twenty because a lot of people will take that that five pound tank and then they put it in like a bag. Like it needs a case to be in. <laughs> Somehow, you know, what? which just adds to the size, you know, just get a 20, just get uh, a 20. I, yeah. I love my 20. 
So, all right, I think I think we're going to go overrated on the five pounds. Okay, you. Got, I was a little confused at first. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's all good. See, that's what we're here for. Um, I have interesting opinions about this next one. Overrated or underrated? Recovery gear. I think most people only have recovery gear to look flashy uh, and kind of look cool. To be honest, I don't. They're they're overpriced as well. I'd love how everything we're talking about is so overpriced. Um, Some of it is, dude. Those like tire things that you put under your tire, I can see how that's beneficial. Uh, I just used a two by four last time and yep. it worked great. And yep. that was three bucks versus 70. Uh, just saying. Um, I guess, can you really put overrated on safety? I don't know, dude. You tell me your opinion. I'm, I'm iffy about this. So I think it's underrated. Okay. <laughs> I think it's underrated. Okay. Um, only, only because I have gotten you got stuck. stuck. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that $70 set of traction boards would have saved me $300 in towing. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I've never used them. I've only used my 2 by 4 yeah. but the 2 by 4 was, like, pretty similar, dude. But, like, you know, then again, like, and I, I did the same thing. My brain, when that, when that happened, I was like, okay, so I got to start thinking about, like, how can I be more sufficient without, you know, getting into this? And immediately the first thing I thought of was, like, I got to get a winch for my forerunner. That's what I need is a winch. And yeah, that's immediately jumping into the deep end. Like, yes, they're nice. But with the trim of my truck, in order to do that, I have to replace the bumper. That's a huge deal. You know, you're going to spend thousands. Yeah, exactly. That's a huge deal. And I mean, I'm also taking a good look at I got stuck because I was being a moron with my kids and my wife instead of you know like if i was doing like a trip like we did i'm i'm lugging my yeah. kayak trailer with me i'm never going to put myself in that situation cuz i got to yep. get to the ramp you know and with my kayak you've seen it that thing needs a launch a launch you know like i yeah, can launch it sure. from anywhere but it's it's not easy to do it takes a little bit of finessing it's huge so I uh, I definitely think that that recovery gear is certainly underrated. Then after talking to some other folks like Joe from Logan Party of Forerunner and a couple other creators, like it does sound like, especially if you're going around with other people, the idea of having like snatch straps or, you know, uh, nice. soft yeah. shackles and just having that stuff on hand, should you need it, is a good little backup. And then stuff like recovery yeah. boards also. Well, that's what I meant when I like can't really put a price on yeah. safety. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's there. Yeah. You can't ever be too safe. I mean, I have a first aid kit in like every corner of my freaking <laughs> my you truck camper. Yep. You need to. <laughs> it's important. Have all of that shit. Um, we'll, we'll put uh, we'll put underrated. Yeah. We'll put underrated. Safety we'll underrated. first, kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. Wear be your safe. Seatbelt. Yeah, don't take your family out into the super muddy farms and uh, get them stuck. Don't do that. Yeah, you know? and then don't have your daughter bully you. Exactly. After. Oh my god, brutal, brutal. Um, <laughs> twelve volt refrigerators, like the Dometics cool. and all that. What do you feel about those? I currently have two sitting in my basement. Oh, you do. Um, I do. I was sent one by a company, and I haven't had the opportunity to use it yet just because um, I'm waiting because it's going to fit really nice in my camp, my new camping rig. So gotcha. that's where it's going to go. But yeah. I think 
if you're willing to spend the money for the right solar setup, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's it's worth it. I'm sick and tired of spending money on ice, which is wild that you have to pay money for ice. <laughs> like it just it like makes me angry paying for ice. So honestly, if you have the money to get the right setup to power it, yep. I say do it. I really I think right now people are starting to really get into it, and I can see why. I think so you're going I think it's underrated here. I yeah, I I think it's going to be really cool to have one if you do camping like here and there like uh or even when i go to weekend trip i just have a cooler i yeah. uh, have a nice one that i replace the ice once but when i go on my long trips that are weeks and weeks and months long that would be a game changer yeah, for me to have that because you know i'm not always near somewhere i can get ice either i'm usually out in the middle of nowhere you know that that's so, the whole thing so like then it's like you're talking about well what can my cooler retain for ice how long is this going to exactly. last where i'm at what's the best way and then to- now you're spending so much money on a really nice cooler and yep. it's like spending a couple extra hundred bucks and just mm-hmm. you know because those were uh 12 volt refrigerators honestly aren't as expensive as you think they would be i've seen them for as low as like 130 bucks yeah the the price point there's options and i've heard from oh, yeah. a lot of people they're using all kinds of different stuff i just feel like the 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 refrigerator thing it doesn't lend itself ideally for every build. Like I think your current no. truck build and definitely with what I'm using would not fit whatsoever. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I, it would be so inconvenient for me to have it full time right now. Yep. Yeah, I I But I've my next rig I'm making it work. Yeah. Making it work. Yeah, it's freaking bananas. All right, so yeah, we'll go we'll go underrated on the refrigerators cuz like if you can make it work, I think that there's a price point in there for in like not every single person needs a refrigerator freezer combo. You know, no, but like you, not you know, everybody that's, needs that's a little that. Tense. That's, you know, I get it. Some people are going out for weeks in advance and they want to keep like meat and stuff frozen. I get that. That's fine. But uh yeah, that's a bit much. How about awnings? How do you feel about awnings? Overrated uh-huh. or underrated? So, let's let's just say I've been wanting one forever, uh-huh. literally forever. And maybe, may, maybe, possibly the new the new rig has one, and I am so excited oh, for it. Yes. The amount of times where, like, I just want to sit outside mm-hmm. and enjoy the weather, but I'm a too hot. It's raining or something, and I just wish I could just plop right next to my rig. Yeah, is I, there's just been countless times. Will I use it a lot? Maybe not. Maybe I will. I don't know. But I think they're kind of underrated because there's been so many times where I'm just like, I just had a stupid awning. I could sit out here, you know? I I think they're a little underrated. I'm excited for my new awning. I agree with you. I think they're underrated as well. I initially... An awning was one of the first things I was considering when it was when I was considering camping in my truck at all. I was like, "Oh yeah, that'll come in really handy." But again, it's like outdoor living space. It's it, like adding oh, yeah. additional space, dude. And it's like if you you know, so if you remember when we were camping out on the Cape in December, we had wind that was like horizontal, like it was ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. like, I mean, it, but then when it lightened up a little bit later, like having an awning would have been great to just have cover over that where you're not stuck inside your truck because like you you and i were sitting in our respective vehicles just messing around like watching youtube or on instagram or whatever exactly and it's like it kind of sucks so i i definitely definitely agree that it's a cool thing but my thought initially was 
why am I going to spend that money? I've got these easy up tents that I use for when I, in my own business, like I already own yeah. these things. Why not use them? And I found this, I only actually ever used that. I, I, out of the, what, maybe 10 times I've truck camped like once, like, so 10% yeah. of the time I've only I, yeah. used it. I think with it being attached to the, my new rig it's I'm going to use it more than if it wasn't, you nailed it, you know, you nailed but, it. Um, Cause that's the thing. I've taken it out of my truck and I've hit it underneath my truck multiple times. I'm like, yeah, maybe we'll need it, you know, to put over the kitchen area just so nothing gets rained on or, you know, around uh, wherever we're going to eat or something like that. Like just so stuff doesn't get rained on. And more times than not, it's just sat out unused. Yeah. But if it was just a quick little pull out, you'd be using it. Yeah. If it was like an onyx. That's exactly. the thing. It's like, I don't know. I think it's going to be a huge game changer when I get it. I feel like I'm going to use it all the fucking time, yep. but we'll see. Um, does this new rig, is this just like a straight pullout awning that comes out? Or is it like one of those 270 degree bat wing style that goes around the entire? Because I'm considering one of those. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> this will be an adventure for everybody. I don't remember everybody. what color it is. I don't know anything that's going on. This will be, Ooh, this will be yeah. an adventure for everybody, though. It'll be good. Yeah. You know? I want to like look at the document and like see what I got. Yep. But then I'm like, no, because when I'm filming the video, it's going to be more like a surprise because I genuinely yes. don't remember what color I picked on anything. Like That's I have perfect. no idea what's going on. Are you, you should, when you do this video, you should definitely have somebody on hand to record the third person just to get your reaction. The, Oh my God. Cause it's going to be priceless. I know what day of the week is the 27th because I think Lila might be working, so I got to take someone. I would highly, highly recommend. I, I think I think that would be well worth it. Um, mm. Yeah, I think I, I'm, oh, I'm with you. Oh, it's a Friday. It's a Friday. Oh. It, is, it is highly underrated. Oh, Lila, Lila doesn't work Fridays. Oh, it's perfect. I forgot. She's got her new job coming up. Hell yeah. Perfect. There you go. My cameraman's free, yo. So I know, I know what your answer is going to be for this one. Overrated or underrated? campfires of any kind either wood ones or even propane in like a you know burn like a, a burn ban or something underrated you aren't camping unless there's a fire i you just I, I camp in the in like you know the city sometimes mm -hmm. and you can't do it sure but like if you're in an area where you can have a campfire just do it it is fire. so much fun well, you like walked away to uh, take your dog to go to the bathroom, and I just stared at the fire for so long. Isn't like, it I amazing? couldn't stop staring. It's so nice. I love a campfire. Like, yeah, I love a campfire. I mean, you know, when, when Delirious and I were up in Moosehead, like, we'd get up first thing in the morning and just start a fire, you know? purpose like, wake up have a purpose we're just like yeah we'll start a fire we'll make some coffee we'll kind of you know hang out and make some breakfast it was just it was it was really really good and i i'm with you 100%. start or end your day yeah yep. you can start and end your camping day night with the fire and it's mm -hmm. just man can't, i can't live without it and the propane stuff i i you know 
I understand the need for it because, like, you know, you're in some areas and, like, especially out west. Fire bans. With the burn bans. Yeah, exactly. You're like, okay, so we can't do a fire. You know, there's, we risk whatever. But, you know, maybe at night gets a little bit chilly. Like, these things will throw some heat. And some of them are set up so that you can use them as a backup cook system. So if you're like, Correct. oh, yeah. yeah, my stove shit the bed or, you know, I can't figure out how to use this white gas the right way or whatever it is. You then can use this as a, a burner to cook. You can set up a grill on it or to put a skillet on it and then, you know, actually use yeah. it as a cooking device. So I think it's a little bit on the underrated side. And let's be honest, if you're you, you're not going to want to use one of those with a one pound propane tank. Uh, just, no, that'll just be two seconds. Get the 20. Just get the yes, 20. Please. Yeah. You'll do your, do everybody a favor. Um, And uh, I'd like your opinion on this last one, because I know you said you wrote one down. Actually, let's get to yours first. The one that you wrote down. What do you what do you want me to say? uh, Give my my judgment to overrated or underrated? Well, I guess. So the reason why I put this down is because I don't know what my answer would be. Oh, okay. Um, So mine, it's also kind of comparing. So you got two options, which ones. I don't know how this is going to work for over and under, but cooking inside your rig or outside your rig because some people are only limited to cooking outdoor outdoors like outside your rig is that underrated or do you rather be able to be cooked inside man that's tough i i do see the appeal of being able to cook inside my rig um now when you say cook inside your rig like if I didn't set up my sleep system and I were to take my stove and open up my hatch and cook there, would you consider that yeah. cooking inside your rig? Or are you talking about like fully enclosed yeah. in your rig, like sitting down, like uh, there's no way I could do that. I would die in a car fire. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you. Any way that you could make it work, honestly, because the first time I cooked inside my truck camper and like made it happen and like just cracked open a window, it was like, a life-changing experience i was like this is so cool like i don't i'm yeah. in bed still but i'm cooking so if it's doable i think it's so underrated like cooking outside my rig is is like it, it's fun but you can't always do that no so no, definitely not I, I love having the option to just lay in bed and cook in my truck hamper it really is i'll tell you what that like <sighs> And this is one of those situations where, like, maybe an awning, like a 270, would work out yeah. nice. Because then you could at least have the coverage to be able to go and cook. Because it does suck. Like, if it's raining, like, with the way Snow we were set up rain. the other day. Yeah, exactly. Like, that can make, that can really, really be a downer. Um, God. You know, I don't even know if it's an option for me to, like, fully cook in my rig. Um, I don't know. It- it would be very difficult. It would be. Yeah, I definitely think that I would have to stand outside and use that platform that I put my sleeping stuff on uh, in order to, you know, I could definitely get by. But then again, I'm like, do I want like all like like the, what I made when we camped, like the the crushed red pepper and the garlic and the wine and the lemon? It would just smell it inside would just, your car. It would be crazy. And yes. And I'm like, do I want that in there? <laughs> Isn't that a good Well, move? see, then now you're talking because that happens to me all the time. My truck camper. Oh, I'm now sure. Now you need a, a roof fan, a, a vent thingy. Exhaust it. <laughs> yeah. Take it all out of there. It's a lot. It's a lot. But if you can make it happen, it is is so cool. I <laughs> love doing it when I, when I can. Oh, yeah. I can remember. This is a time where I was watching a video. I was watching one of your videos with my wife. And this is where you like you made like like tuna salad in the truck. 
And I think you didn't have a can opener, Becca, if I'm not mistaken. And you just went at it like with a knife, like a woman yeah, I know what video on a you're mission. Talking about. And I was just like, I remember looking at my, my at Holly and going like, that's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> like later. It, it wasn't at all. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is I don't know if it's just me, but after like five minutes of dealing with the scent, I just get so like. Oh, yeah. You get immune. nose blind. I, I don't even sure. know it's there. Absolutely. So like after like five minutes, I was like, well. This, I can't tell. What it is. So. Yeah, I'll find out tomorrow. This is it. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, cooking cooking inside your vehicle, I think, lends itself to some pretty crazy challenges. Like crazy Quady, he he's got it dialed. He's got a new truck. Is it too. Quady or Quaddy? It's Quady. I've heard him say Quady before on one of oh, his my videos. Whole life's a lie. Yeah, Damn I was it. like Quaddy. Yeah, that's right. And I'm like, oh no, I think it's Quady. I think I heard. I think it was on one of his videos. I heard him Jeez. say it, and I was like, "Okay, that's where we're gonna go." What's with. his real name? I'm not sure. Shoot, sorry, buddy. I like him a lot too. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. <laughs> he's so sweet. He actually answers my DMs too. I love him. He's that's great. awesome. Sorry, Quady, Quaddy. He, he's he's freaking awesome. I think like he's got a great system. Although that truck is gone now, he's got a new truck. Uh, yeah, is he? I haven't watched. It. Is he building anything out of it? I think he is going to do a build, and good. It's an F one fifty. So you guys, you guys have that in common, um, and it's white, and, and it is white. Yeah, it is white, and I think it's actually a work truck as well because I don't think it's got a carpeted interior. I think it's got like the vinyl floor interior. But he's like, that's awesome because I'm always getting mud and stuff in here. And, yeah, you know, that, I love my truck for that. Yeah, that is kind of nice. So he's like, yeah, cleanup will be easy. That's sort of the, the 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 big push. But yeah, he's got a new rig. He's got that van. But like, I most of his videos, he's cooking inside the truck inside. especially especially yeah. like winter camping because like when when uh when todd and i camped in january it wasn't super cold but we're making like steaks and it was like it sucked yeah. the wind was just cranking and we're like what the <laughs> fuck i mean camping in or, or cooking inside definitely definitely does help um it's a it's a game changer having the option if you can not all the time you know, I yep. like switching it up, but I like having the options to switch it up. So, and you, I'm glad actually that you chose this topic for because it leads into this next question. So, Holly and I have differing opinions on um, meals for camping. She keeps telling me, "No, I want to eat like camp food," and I was like, "Well." <laughs> What what constitutes camp food? Because I'm pretty sure I made camp food on the last trip I was on. And in Moosehead, I was like the chimichangas and the the steak and <laughs> salad and everything that we made. Like all that stuff. I'm pretty sure that that was camp food too. And my wife so says, no, I want to do like Franks and beans and like a yeah. can of beefaroni. And I'm like, What? See, I think I, I think for her, it's the spaghetti and meatballs. The, those types of meals are fun to cook backpacking camping. Yeah. You know, but vehicle camping, I want to be like, I want to be cooking a steak and, you know, like making homemade ramen, like nice and fancy. I don't know. I like being Mix fancy. Mix it up. Yeah. Just like, I, I think that's adds also to, to part of the challenge. Like, can you pull off a really good, home cooked yeah. meal in in the elements out outdoors using only yep. a single burner or you know whatever you've got 
I mean, shit, I did that the entire meal. So we ate <laughs> weekend on Sterling. It was, it was half a burner. It was crazy. So I'm like, you know, I kind of understand where, where she's coming from. I'm like, I get it. Like the idea, but I go, what's the fun in that? You know? So I told her, I said, so you and I are going to start two separate lists. You go ahead and figure out what you want to eat and then go do the groceries for that. And I'll handle what I'm going to eat. And then we'll, we'll compare and I'll share with her if she wants, I'll share, yeah. you know, cause that's how it's going to end up being. Um, the pasta that I made when we camped last fire, my, I told, dude, I wish I could eat more, but I, I, I don't, I didn't put it in the video. Anyone that's listening right now, I am so bad with spice. That's so me. Bad. I am very heavy handed, but now see what's good though, is that now I've got a little bit of, uh, of, a, of an idea. So now I'll be like, all right, so we're going to go a little bit lighter with the crushed red pepper. We're going to go a little bit lighter. In fact, I got some new stuff <laughs> from uh, Heat Your Meat that is out of this freaking world. And some of it is very, very hot, but like the SPG seasoning is just straight up perfect on every. Uh, you level. know what I've been putting on my food the last two days? I've been, I went to Aldi's. Yep. And I had, um, I've had Mike's Hot Honey before, and I've oh, just yeah. never stopped thinking about it. And there was a knockoff at Aldi's, and it was like two bucks, and it was, but it says extra hot, hot honey. Oh, I'm like, really? Shoot. But they don't have a normal, just hot honey. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see how I can do it. And breakfast this morning and dinner last night, I put the Mike's Hot or the knockoff, whatever, hot, extra hot honey on it. Yep. Killed it. It's great. I, I'm huh? building up my spice tolerance. Good yes, for you. It's you so know good, what? dude. It's a, so good. Becca, next time we Uh-oh. camp, Uh-oh. let's do the hot ones challenge. The one at the frozen meal? No, 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 that- no. We'll pick hot sauces and we'll do it traditionally. Uh, it, think about the clickability in that video. Uh, I'm going to do it for the people, but dude. That's going to suck. It is going to oh, suck. suck. Oh, it's going to suck. Oh, it's going to suck. As long as it tastes good. I like Chipotle hot sauces. You do. The green hot sauces. Oh, can, yeah. Can I give you a little bit? As long bit as they a, taste good. A little bit. So that's good. So the bomb tastes wonderful. Um, um hmm. It does. I don't know if I'm into that. And it's got, it is Chipotle base. So it's got some Dang smokiness it. and some richness, but it kicks like an angry donkey. Isn't that the one that everyone flips out on? That's the one that made Shaquille O'Neal go, Kansas City. And then he uh, ate his words. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a. Uh, Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. But well, I'm in. I'm down. I will try anything once, I, maybe twice. Well, this would be really good. That, I think that is an amazing video idea. Here I am. I'm, I'm just hijacking your channel. Bobby Takeover. Bobby Roast Beef hijacks Becca's YouTube channel. Wow. I think this could be a lot of fun. Plus, I'll put some treats in there of some really, really, really good hot sauces that aren't ridiculously spicy at all. Like, my kids enjoy these. Some include flavors like pineapple, and uh, one of them has blood orange that I'm thinking of. Pineapple is fire. Yep. I went to I went to Aruba and got... Um, mango hot sauce and it just says hot sauce mild or something that's one of the hottest hot sauces i i I can't even eat it really yeah so it's just sitting in my fridge i don't buy it i don't buy yes yeah bring it bring it that's what we'll do we'll come up with a list it'll be it'll be awesome we'll we'll plan this out 
We'll do legit. What do you prefer for wings, flats or drums? Oh, I'm not picky about that. You're I like picky, I like right. to switch them up. I like both. Like I mean, both, right. flats are more fun because there's more meat, but you can't go wrong with the drum either. Yeah, drums are great. I think drums are a little bit easier to eat. I mean, I kind of eat flats like oh, a yeah. wild animal. But uh, I, I like this a little trick with the flats. I like to twist out each of the bones and Twin. pull them out. And then you've just I'll got a big old nugget. Oh, yeah. No joke. No joke. I, I think that that could be a whole lot of fun. So, yeah, we'll, we'll plan that. That's a good little winter video. You know, yeah, and your my body's on fire, but it's cold outside, baby. There you go. You know, ice fishing. It'll be awesome. You know, you're like, wow, the bomb is really hot. We'll put a camera under the ice, just shove your head right in the hole. You'll be like, ah. <laughs> remember when I told you about hot stuff? It's not real. It's not really burning. It's just your brain saying like, oh, this chemical's making me feel this. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> it is. These so chemicals stupid. suck. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, look forward to that, everyone. Yeah, it'll Jesus. be a good time. You guys buckle up. Just this signed should be up for that. Wow, that could be fun. And, and maybe we should... No, Hollywood never play around with that. I was going to say, that could be fun. How does how does Lila do with Spice? Better than me. Better than you. Oh, okay. Better than me. She doesn't mind it. Like She actually like likes Spicy, but... I wouldn't say she's like has a wicked high yeah. spice tolerance, but she can she can hang. She can hang. There are people who they'll eat spicy stuff and it just doesn't hit them. I know. Like, I don't get that. I don't get that either. I think they're missing something like or there's some an extra something. Or they're good at acting. Yeah, that could be it. Show off. That could be it. show off. This was awesome, Becca. Um, we killed it. I am really excited for your new excurt, your new trips with this new build. I think this is going to be amazing. I say, I say, build like this. Wait till you guys see. I know what she's getting into, and I've known there's a for lot a of while. building required. Yeah, but that's. I think that's but, also part of the fun. I agree. I, that's why I liked this camper and this rig because I was like, oh, I have this, but I can literally do the entire inside, like yeah. my own. So you know. You know, it's going to have it's going to have some flair. You know, it'll be interesting. I'm psyched to see what you do with it. This will be good. I'm psyched to see what happens with the tiny house, too. You know, I think that's going to that's going to be awesome. That'll be done. Hopefully this Saturday I'll put up the last slabs and be done. It'll be good. Well, we'll see. Before we wrap, if you have anything that you want to mention that's coming up, anything you want to promote at all or shout out anybody that you're working with, um, you know, promo codes and Mm -hmm. such. Have at it. Code Becca. Yep. Code Becca. Um, I'll be at the New England Fishing Expo, the New Hampshire Fishing Expo, mm-hmm. and the Connecticut Fishing Expo, and the New Rig the entire week, full weekends, like open to close all those, all those days. That's so, awesome. If you want to come see me, come hang. Go for it. It's it's expo season, baby. It's happening. It's all happening. I love expo. I, I, New England Fishing Expo is the best expo ever, though, so yeah. go to that one. Are, are you going to be going to um, any of the overlanding expos? Like, I know Overland East was actually just happened, but like, in the yeah. future, is that kind of on your radar as well? I would I would really like to. I really wanted to go to the one that mm-hmm. was in the Carolinas or something over there, but I couldn't make it happen. Um, yeah. But I want to... I have to do five total um, for the company that gotcha. with the rig. So those are the three. So I do have two more that I can just like 
email and be like, Hey, I want to do these two, whatever. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah. They're well, pretty lean, lean, uh, like lean, lean, lean in. What the fuck's that word? Lenient? Lenient. 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 Yeah. <laughs> pretty lenient. Why does that sound like? Why does it sound like that? <laughs> I, I don't They're know. They're cool about whatever shows I want to do. <sighs> That's awesome, cool. though. It's good. It, you know, it's nice to work with like good folks. Like we yeah, have, they're awesome. You know what else we should we should plan? I know we talked about doing the St. Lawrence before, but we oh, have we, we have a new partner added to Jigs and Bigs, A Bay Lure. But also with A Bay Lure, we have the the Ship Motel, and uh, I believe is it the the River House? Uh, it's all the notes are in the in the podcast and everything. But there's links for yep. booking and stuff. We should go up there and and make a trip and, and go out with Chris and Christina and. Uh, you know, planet like right now is prime. Too. Is it? Oh, really? Yeah. Right mm. now is like insane prime. That's, this suck. month is so fucked up for me. It sucks. Me too, dude. I'm going to be in my birthday is November 3rd. So it's like the crazy months just barely going to end. And then bam, birthday. And then all this crazy others, the month next, like two months, count me out of life. I, I'm going to, I don't even know what's going on. It's wild. Like I, we went out that first weekend in October and then I had an event every single weekend. I have one mm. that, so the following weekend I have one this weekend. I have one next weekend, the 28th. I have something kind of pending, but that's not even like an event. That's not even a work thing. That's just like our friends are like, Hey, we're having a Halloween get together. You want to do something? And I was like, fucking yeah, that's great. That weekend, yep. the fourth I'm camping with Holly. Uh, Veterans Day weekend is wide open now. That was the weekend we were going to do. We we're going to do a two nighter, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll do a two nighter." Turns out she's got a clinical class to teach uh, that Saturday, so that's not going to work. So again, yeah. Hip Camp made it easy. I just went and modified the trip. Boom, we're going the weekend now. Previous, so we're only going to do one. Hip night, Camp, we good. love you. We love you. Maybe, maybe I should reach out to them about a partnership. <laughs> Dude, and then that, tell them that I'm obsessed with them as yeah. well. Tell them I love them. They're fantastic. And you know, great app. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really, really kind of streamlined some stuff, especially camping off season because like all the state parks, mm -hmm. they're all closed right now. There's nothing that we could do. Yep. And I would, that would be my main choice, but uh, next summer, it, depending on how the four, the weekend of the fourth goes, I'll be booking some stuff as soon as possible at some state parks to kind of, I want to kind of, like move Holly toward closer toward dispersed camping, you know? Yeah. That eventually we'll get there, but it should be interesting. Oh, yeah. one way to start. I love it. Sweet Becca. Awesome. Um, if you have uh, a pick that you want to use for the artwork for this show, go ahead and send it over to me and I'll uh, incorporate it and make it uh, all fancy. And, salmon. Uh, Definitely salmon, that salmon. Fucking pick. salmon. Absolutely. Oof, fucking salmon. Me getting bitch slapped, God. That was wild. That was absolutely so wild. Um, you guys <sighs> make sure to uh, follow and subscribe to Becca on all social media, but for sure on her YouTube channel, she's fishing with Becca. And uh, <laughs> while you're there, if uh, if you're ordering any uh, baits from Guggen at all, make sure to use code Becca and support our homegirl. She needs it. She's got truck repairs to pay for. And uh, yeah, I was just going to say trucks down bad. Help your girl. Yeah. Out. I mean, you know, do what you got to do. You got to get some plastics or, you know, something like that. Hey, make it, make it all work. But this is really awesome. Becca, you're the absolute greatest. We love having you on. And Oh, by the way, pleasure being here. We got to give you a little bit of this. 
Because you are officially the, we're calling it the most favorite guest on Jigs and Bigs. Because one of your episodes, it was the episode that we recorded uh, on the Cape. It went in all that rain and stuff. Um, That episode is the most listened to episode of Jigs and Bigs right now. You want to know why? I, I think I know why. It's because Sky was there as well. Well, Sky, yeah, that's true. That's right. Sky <laughs> was laying in my freaking bed while we recorded that. She was, our, that. She she was, was out cold. Charm. That's uh, right. She was sleeping. She yeah. was so out. That yeah, that dog is the sweetest little animal I have ever seen. Like I'm sitting Dude. on the picnic table eating breakfast, and she comes over and just grabs my elbow and like nudges my arm over her. Like so cute. She, she loves Bobby Rose beef as she should. Yeah. Um, big fan big yeah fan. it's fun it's freaking funny and i think hudson realizes that it was him in that video when he saw really it. yeah i think so he was, he's looking at the tv and he's just like what like, i think he realizes Shit, he it looks was like him. me he's like wow that's a good looking dog and what's the yeah. fat bearded guy doing there jesus yeah he feeds me he's uh he's a fan of you he likes you a lot that's good i love hudson yeah, he's, he's a, a cutie good, dude he's a good pup i can't wait to take him out my little cuddle bug uh, all righty. Well, you guys uh, have. Uh, we'll be back with more jigs and bigs uh, right after this. We'll see you in a bit. Don't go too far. All righty, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's Jigs and Bigs. Thanks so much to everybody that uh, has been uh, tagging us in our, in their fish photos, uh, to everybody who's been uh, throwing us mentions. Every, of course, thanks to everybody who's in the multi-species scavenger hunt. Uh, that is fantastic. You guys wait until next year. When we launch next year's 2024 season multi-species scavenger hunt series, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be every single month. And we've got all kinds of fun stuff up for grabs. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, also, as a uh, just a quick mention, uh, I probably should have mentioned this way earlier in the show. Appreciate all the love we've been getting over at Apple Podcasts. But again, as a little call, if you guys can go and just hook us up with a, a review and a rating over at Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to us. You can definitely rate us if you listen on Spotify as well. But uh, giving us a review on Apple Podcasts actually does a lot to kind of help the analytics push this show to get a little bit more visibility, which we really could use at any turn of the uh, of the phrase. We have, um, you know, of course, we still have spots open for our jig heads. If you would like to become a jig head, now is the perfect time to do so because we do have some exclusive deals that are available for our jig heads uh, that we work with our partners to uh, sort of enhance the, uh, the, 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 the reason to be part of the jig head fam. But not only that, if you're planning on coming out to the uh, 200th episode celebration game dinner in January, You'll get first crack at your tickets for this. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest, the way it's looking, if if our jig head roster were totally full and we launched and every jig head bought tickets, it, they could sell it out. So tickets will be at a premium, guys. So if you want to spot it, it pays to be a jig head and jump on it. Um, I think... I have a good solid week of fishing up in front of me. I'm a little bit curious how this is going to play out. Um, I think I'm going to be doing three, maybe four days. We'll see what happens. Uh, what do you guys have? Anything going on? Anything you want to mention? So it's funny you mentioned the swift. I was thinking about uh, not fishing today, but I was thinking about just uh, taking Emma down there and kind of walking the swift river and uh, 
it's it's been a while. I haven't seen it in a while. So oh, it's nice down there, man. It's yeah, beautiful. it is. It is. Get her out of the house. She's home from school today. So there you go. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm 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 close. I'm only yeah 15 minutes away. So yeah, why why the hell not? You know. Yeah, I think uh, I'm probably going to make another send there this year, maybe two. Um, I don't know when uh, necessarily, but. I have this one spot where I'm hoping to find uh, a brown trout, um, but I might have to add it to a trip while I'm already out there to kind of commandeer on all of it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be. I got a spot. I, I, I mean, if, if you want to do the ride, I'll, I'll text you a spot that would be good for the Browns. I would be. Uh, I would be open to take a ride. I've got no issues with that. Um, what else do I have going? Oh, guys, not this coming weekend, right? This is when everybody's doing all our Halloween shit this coming weekend, the weekend of the 28th. The following weekend, I'm taking Queen Beef camping in Vermont. Oh, boy. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. We got the brand new tent and the cots, all the sleep system. She's got her her stuff dialed, you know, and ready to go. And uh, this could be very exciting. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Fingers crossed. I'll have a full report on the show that runs after that. So the first, it'll be the first episode in in November. You guys will get all the the gory details on how it went. We're also bringing the derpy one, uh, Eleanor, with us. Good luck with that. A lot of fucking derp around that fire. Yep. Yeah. I got I got one thing before we get out of here. So uh, I am actually actually we when I get out of this chair, yep. I will be heading right over to the post office. All the remainder of the Jigs Bigs prizes from September. Thanks for bearing with me, folks. I know I was in touch with you this week. Sweet are out the door. So rock and roll. Fucking awesome. That's all gentlemen. I got. I love it. Zach chimes in and says, thanks for making Monday better, better boys. I appreciate that, dude. I really do. Um, I have a few things I have to work on, namely editing this show and then getting my week all straight uh, for work this week. But uh, I am going to be doing some work on some future projects for Jigs and Bigs as well. And uh, I don't know. You guys have yourself a good one. I appreciate the hell out of all of our listeners. You guys are absolutely amazing. Uh, take good care of yourselves. We'll see you back here in seven days of more Jigs and Bigs goodness. Much more fun and uh, excitement in the fishing world. Uh, perhaps we might be missing another fingertip in the next episode. Who knows? Who Not knows? for me. Not for no. me. No, that's enough from you. All right, guys. Yeah. You have yourself a good one. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week with more Jigs and Bigs goodness. Like we always say. It's an ass
That is great. That's that's really fantastic. 